Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, 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 welcome to the show. I am... Yo, man, Smitty. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty, your host. Let's get it on. News, wide receiver rankings, Watson update. You can be darn sure we're talking about Watson. I've got my boy Tony the Tiger, Tony the Attorney, coming on to break down some of the new developments in the Deshaun Watson case. So we will leave a lot of that for Tony when he ends up uh, coming on the show. We've got Grant coming on. Oh boy, you guys have been waiting for Grant. Grant the intern. Very, very popular intern. Grant Grant does good work. And the people love Grant. And Grant's coming on to talk wide receiver rankings. So we'll get Grant on here. Hit the thumbs up on your way in the door. It helps the channel. It helps Senior Smitty get this show on the road. Get the 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 views up so we can get the sponsorship uh, sponsorships we need so we can do the leagues and different things we want to do. So definitely spread the word. It helps me out a lot. So send that link out. Here's the link again. Tell your friends. Say, hey, come on over. Come watch the Fantasy Football Show live with Smitty. What's up, Ian? What's up, Taylor? Um, What's up, D... 2W, Stu, Tom, Mark, you guys are all here. You all made it. Keep keep spreading the word. Hit the thumbs up. Match. Let's get to match. We got, let's get the number of eyeballs to match the, the thumbs up, please. Running back rankings Thursday. We could probably do that. We'll probably do that. We'll probably follow suit. Uh, what's up, voice of reason? All right. Let's break down all of the news and notes after the good old intro. <laughs> Live from Smitty1.com Studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show Live! Yo, 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 welcome back. Welcome back. All right, news and notes. Let's break it all down. Let's start off with the news that's getting everybody's panties in a bunch. Um, No, I'm not talking about is Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that one next uh, because that one's a tough topic too. But James Conner landing with the Arizona Cardinals. This is something that that I hate to say I told you so, so I won't. But it, it was A.J. Dillon all over again. It was what we just experienced with A.J. Dillon. No, I'm not comparing A.J. Dillon to Chase Edmonds. I get that that comment repeatedly right after I say that. Where, where am I competing? Where am I comparing the two? I'm merely saying the situation. Here you have A.J. Dillon. Looking like the starter. Everybody excited. People overdrafting him. He was a great buy low, but as soon as he reached the running back two status, you had to stop. You had to pump the brakes on the A.J. Dillon buying because you didn't know. Like Aaron Jones stepped out, but he had one foot in the door and he wasn't 
necessarily gone. And everybody took, hey, he hit free agency as Aaron Jones ain't coming back. Assuming Aaron Jones must be unhappy, doesn't feel the love. No, he stepped out. He realized even coming from Lambeau Field, it's cold outside of Green Bay. Contract-wise, the market was cold. The market was colder than Lambeau Field on a Sunday. And so he came, not crawling back, but he came back and said, Hey, (laughs) you still want me on the team? And they said, Hell yeah. And A.J. Dillon is one of the better backups in the entire league. But he's a backup now. Chase Edmonds. Drake goes off into free agency. But different kind of story, at least at the beginning of it. Drake finds a home and ruins Jacobs' value. Ruins his own value maybe too while he's at it. I don't know. But... He goes, he goes off, and people assume, okay, this can't be the A.J. Dillon situation. It can't. It just can't because Drake is gone. Well, let me tell you something. If you're in a pool of of water and you scoop out a little water in the pool, guess what fills the hole back up? You're in the pool and you just go like this? More water fills it right right back into the hole. If you take a running back off of a team, a guy that's doing as much as Drake was doing, They're going to replace Drake. Now, whether they do that in the draft, free agency, both, they did it here with with James Conner. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you James Conner is going to stay healthy. I'm not telling you Chase Edmonds is going to stay healthy. I'm actually telling you something different. We might just, we, the best running back on the Cardinals roster for 2021 may not even be on the roster currently, meaning hashtag the NFL draft is still to come. And if Chuba Hubbard falls to a ridiculous value, which he could because NFL teams maybe don't see him coming. Maybe NFL teams don't view him as the next Alvin Kamara because a lot of fantasy minds don't. Because every time I put a, a post out there, it says Chuba Hubbard, next Alvin Kamara, next Antonio Gibson, not believed in fully because he's a little smaller. He's just a speed guy. Uh, watch a little Chuba Hubbard film. Watch more. If you've already done that and you've made your assessment that Chuba Hubbard's not it, go rewatch it because you, you may have been watching a really bad cut up of Chuba Hubbard highlights because I don't know how you can't walk away. Um, doing high knees to the front door, you know, getting the groceries from the missus coming home. Like I'm amped for like a good 12 hours after I watched Chuba Hubbard highlights. And if you aren't also amped, I don't know what the hell you're watching to be completely honest. So I, my, my advice is to get on over to uh, YouTube after this, not now, not now, but search a little Chuba Hubbard highlight or two before you start making assumptions that that this man is not uh, potentially the next Alvin Kamara. Now, I will say that a lot depends on where you land in the NFL. As I always preach, Alvin Kamara would not be Alvin Kamara if he did not land on the New Orleans Saints because that team believed in him. That team used him properly. That team knew what they had. That team wanted this man to to succeed. And I I think that it's really, really important to, to make sure you guys know that. Because I don't want everybody coming to me and saying, hey, he didn't work out. I spent a number four overall pick on him, Smitty, and he didn't work out. What the hell, man? I'm telling you, there feels like a 50-50% chance 
chance the team that even drafts him, you think, oh, they draft him, they must like him. No, the team that drafts him may misuse him. The team that drafts Chuba Hubbard may say, I don't know what we have uh, here, but uh, this man looks like he's a real good third down scat back. You know, they can still draft him because he's going to fall to a ridiculous range. I don't know if Chuba Hubbard will get the opportunity that he deserves. The opportunity he deserves is, what is my mic looking like here? Okay. The opportunity he deserves is to be the next Alvin Kamara. Um, uh, Cardinals is a, a fantastic landing spot for him. I even believe that with Connor and Edmonds. I look at this thing different than a lot of people. When I see a player like Connor, who's had trouble staying healthy, he had the ATV accident, hurt the turf toe, or created the turf toe situation, whatever, he had surgery. Trouble staying healthy. Pretty good running back. If I'm the Cardinals, I feel pretty good about having Edmonds and Connor. I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty decent duo that you can rotate back and forth on. Um, I'm okay with that. But I think, for the most part, differently than other people, when when a guy gets brought in like this, and let's say they draft Chuba Hubbard, I'm not looking at it from the perspective of there are a lot of people uh, and a lot of mouths to feed. I'm looking at it like this path to the lineup is not that hard. You know, getting past Connor, always injured. Getting past Edmonds, who they clearly talk a big game about, but they don't believe in him to be the full-time guy. Look, guys, when when Drake got hurt last year, there was no reason to rush him back. But they put Drake out there still healing and still kind of injured before they put Edmonds back out there. Edmonds had an opportunity... And while he did show flashes of doing good things here or there, he obviously didn't impress them enough, especially behind closed doors, which a lot of people don't talk about. You know, we don't see what the coaches see in practice and everything. We just see on the field. We see a certain number of plays, and we think we have the same mindset that the coaching staff has. They clearly don't believe in Edmonds enough. Or during the injury period last year when Drake was supposed to be out a ton of time and he rushed back, they could have said, Drake, heal up. You know, we got Edmonds. Put Edmonds out there. No, they didn't. They could have put Edmonds out there a whole lot more, and they didn't. I did not buy for a second that Edmonds was walking in as the bona fide workhorse running back or even something close to that. Connor's going to eat into his work. Edmonds will eat into Connor's work. Even if they draft Chuba Hubbard or something, Chuba Hubbard with the draft capital that is spent will probably make him not the front runner of anything. He'll have to climb his way up. But you know what? A lot of running backs are found in these situations. Don't think that talent can't rise up. It makes Chuba Hubbard really cheap if he lands somewhere like Arizona because then everyone's going to be like, ah, I don't like this at all. So Chuba could fall all the way down to like 2.01 in a rookie draft or wherever. Grant and I will be doing a mock draft. Actually, I need to correct this because Grant and I We'll be doing wide receiver rankings and a mock draft. And I think we might start off with the mock draft first. So let me uh, let me adjust this right here and uh, put this mock draft here first. So um, Grant and I will be doing a mock draft. Then we'll be doing potentially some wide receiver or wide receiver ranking game, uh, which I think you guys will find very fun. If you missed uh, last show with Grant last Tuesday, we did uh, we predicted wins and losses. Um, so we're gonna do a rookie, rookie only. Mock, uh, we predicted r- wins and losses, and we did a game where the other person could have uh, two of their wins or two of their losses added to by the other person, and we came up with like a consensus type of thing. But we'll be doing a rookie-only mock draft, and we'll see where Chuba Hubbard falls. 
I, if he lands in a cloudy situation like Arizona, he'll most certainly be a value grab. You could grab him and wait. And if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. It's a shame that Chuba can't find a, or if he doesn't find a good home, that he doesn't get a shot out of the gate. But if you remember back, Alvin Kamara wasn't necessarily drafted by the Saints to be in everyone's mind, but mine. I was so damn excited about this guy. Um, and so were the Saints, but quietly. He was kind of in a cloudy ish situation like he wasn't the bona fide guy at all like coming into his rookie season there were there's a lot of reason to doubt that Camaro would get enough run as a rookie let alone in his second year and then you miss your window of opportunity of breaking out and all that Camaro was in a very cloudy situation and if you think about Chuba Hubbard if he landed in Arizona the situation would be no less cloudy for him in this environment than, than it was for Camara in his environment. So important to keep context, uh, you know, into, uh, in, you know, involved in this, in the context here is that Chuba Hubbard needs a good home. He might not find it, but at the surface at least, but he could climb up. Um, now one other thing I'll throw out is I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Arizona Cardinals draft Najee Harris or ETN still, um, this doesn't indicate to me 100% that they would stray away from that. Like the best player available on the board is the best player available on the board. And if, if, uh, if Najee Harris or ETN are sitting there for the Cardinals and you think about it like this, that running back position is the only position that they kind of, I, I guess, failed to utilize properly and get the most out of last year. Because even though Drake did, you know, really well, in some categories, he was inefficient in others. And some total, the running back position didn't deliver. They didn't throw the football to the running back enough. Um, I, I think there's a really, really good shot that if ETN's sitting there, he fits the mold really well for an Arizona Cardinal type of running back and what they want what they want to do, not what they've done. And a lot of people are gonna judge this on this on the on the surface level here and go, look, they didn't throw to Drake. They didn't throw to Drake. They they didn't throw to Drake isn't the isn't like the answer to that uh, how will the cardinals use you know etn or whoever they get oh well last year they did this they're still developing everything over in arizona i'm in arizona over here in arizona um they're still developing things here they're trying to mature kyler murray along they're trying to keep kyler murray healthy everything revolves around kyler murray kyler murray having room to run outside the pocket and throw to his boy deandre hopkins Keeping defenses from shadowing him and just trying to shut down Kyler Murray, it's a definitely, 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 definitely a possibility that the Cardinals would take a look at at Najee Harris and Etienne if they fell. Now, does the drafting or does the signing of Connor make it less likely? Sure, sure, it sure does. But they'll definitely look at it a little bit if they fall because the best, like I said, the best player available falls. The best player available falls, and you make determinations. Uh, went on the clock. Don't forget about that. I like Trey Sermon better than Chuba. Voice says, um, yeah, Sermon, don't be shocked if the Cardinals draft, like I said, Chuba late, but don't be shocked if they draft a, a, a freaking Sermon or someone like that later too. Don't be shocked if uh, the Niners do as well. The Niners could definitely draft a running back like Sermon later, a guy like Chuba Hubbard later. They love running backs. Um, they love the speed guys. I could see them totally going after a Chuba Hubbard. So Arizona, San Fran, some kind of reddish team. I, I picture Chuba in that kind of uniform. Um, but that that's all I got to say about Connor. Um, 
and uh, we'll move on to the next topic. Not a chance they draft. Well, it's pretty hard to say not a chance, bro. Things happen all the time that you, you, I, nobody predicts in the NFL draft. Um, if if it were if it were easy to say that, no chance, no chance for this, no chance for that, we wouldn't have the most unpredictable drafts every year, and all these mock drafts go go crazy. Um, Watson, we're going to talk about this in a in, in a little bit with uh, Tony, the attorney. But Peter King reports that a trade for Deshaun Watson is unlikely. Yeah, no crap, Peter King. While the quarterback is immersed in his legal troubles. We're going to go over all this. What what are the odds of him even playing in 2021? You know, we'll see if anything's changed in Tony's mind with the consolidation of the cases. Um, We talked about uh, what would happen if these cases got thrown and classified into a class, class action, a single class action suit. This is not the same thing. Um, class action and consolidation of the cases are two different things. So we'll talk to Tony about the differences and what this means if something else emerges down the road from two or three or four or five other people. Um, we'll see what Tony says about that. And we'll get Tony's temperature on if he changes his mind at all on whether Watson's going to play 2021. Is Tony still at 2%? Is he now at 5%? Is he at 1%? Um, we'll kind of get his guesstimation based on his legal expertise on, uh, you know, on, on looking at case law, looking at, uh, you know, uh, case filings and, and, and all these claims. Tony's got a lot of knowledge that he's going to drop, and it's going to be an interesting segment. Do not miss it. I imagine it'll be roughly uh, 6 p.m. Eastern that Tony is going to pop on. So make sure if you, you're here for that. Don't leave for, for anything. Giovanni Bernard, I, I'm not, you know, here's the deal. Um, the Bucks dropped a lot of passes out of that backfield in 2020, so they're definitely looking for an upgrade. Um, I I don't I don't see I don't see Bernard being effective all year if he ever does get a, and grabs a hold of that role. Um, look at Fournette, look at Ronald Jones. They've kind of rotated, and wherever Tom Brady's been, they have done rotations. You know, pretty much his whole career here and there. I mean, they've had some running backs for a little time here and there, but. You know, rotations with Tom Brady is common. Um, I think unless they draft a big name running back, even if it's late, you know, a guy that fell or falls, it's uh, it's tough to predict. And I kind of stay away from this backfield entirely. Depends on where you could get Bernard. If you're in a draft and you have no running backs or you're really weak at running back and he's still sitting there and there's nobody else left. I mean, there's 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 scenarios I can envision taking a flyer on him in the biggest leagues I have. But I, you know, unless I see more momentum heading in his direction, heading into August, and uh, you know, he looks like he's going to get a he's going to get a real shot to be you know the full time guy or something, which I don't know is the case. Uh, I'm not I'm not extremely excited about this move, and and this move to me does just like I talk about the Connor move. Everyone's initial reaction is that oh my god, this means the Cardinals aren't drafting a running back. This means the Cardinals aren't drafting a running back. It makes it less likely that the Cardinals draft a running back, the James Conner signing. Like I just said, it makes it less likely, but it does not close the door on it. People need to understand that teams, they don't think like we do. Everybody thinks one way, you know, they, they think fantasy. They think, oh, you can't have this many. Everybody that says that the Cardinals won't for sure draft a running back in 2021 in the draft, especially early, are probably the same people that said there's no way Drake will be on the roster in Oakland or Oakland and in, in, in Las Vegas. I can never get that right. I never will. 
I'm going to call them the Oakland Raiders. They're the Oakland Raiders for life. And, and nothing's... There are so many things that aren't predictable when you deal with teams, organizations, and especially the NFL draft. So it will be it will be darn interesting. Um, Fournette, you know, Fournette, Ronald Jones, you know, a lot of drop passes between all those guys, even Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't know that any one of them has an edge over the other. You want to think Leonard Fournette has the edge, um, but to be honest, it, it's 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 tough to predict. But I, I don't see too much coming out of this Giovanni Bernard signing for right now, and and things could change. Um, Justin Fields, we got the, some of the Niners people filing in. Good timing. Um, what's up, media? 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan and general manager John Lynch will attend Justin Fields' second pro day on Wednesday and Trey Lance's pro day the next Monday. And, you know, uh, it's it's tough, man. It's tough it's tough to, to to predict what quarterbacks land in with those those 49ers. Your 49ers media, I I, I think it should be Lance. Um most of you still feel Fields, I think. A lot of a lot of Mac supporters out there are loud, but it's about ten to fifteen percent, based on my estimation. Um, so you know, F- Fields to me is the front runner, but I think Lance will gain momentum. And what will be interesting if a field if Fields has a bad pro day, he could have a good pro day. If he has a good pro day, then we're in the same place. If he has a good pro day and Lance has a bad pro day, we're still kind of in the same place because Mac Jones is still going to be. Uh, you know, talked about like any, any Trey Lance truthers will probably shift over to Mac Jones. Who knows? It'll still be a topic for debate. I don't think anything gets settled, but imagine if Lance goes out there and has a monster second pro day and then fields goes out there and, and doesn't do well, then it's going to be crazy. You know, then you're going to have everybody talking Lance and Lance will start, you know, leveling up and they'll be facing off against each other. And it's like, you know, I don't know. It's guesswork. We're all guessing at this point. Everybody wants to predict who they're going to take. Nobody knows. Nobody. No analyst knows. I don't know. Schefter doesn't know. Everybody's giving their two cents. But no. Absolutely no one knows. I don't know. You don't know. And I don't think we'll know until we know. And even when we know, we probably still won't know what was really going on. So that's all I got to say about that. Now this topic, this is the most debated topic. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think here. Julian Edelman announces his retirement. Everybody and and their mother and their mother's mother and their father and their their barber and their 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 chef and their 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 accountant are talking about whether this man's going to make the Hall of Fame. It's way too early to be having this discussion. I know it's fun to everybody, but. The, the truth is you're going to have a divide. Nobody's for sure right. Again, you're going to have people come out and say, there's no way he makes the Hall of Fame. Like, you don't know. Stop saying you know. No one knows. This show is about no one knowing anything. Okay? So hit the thumbs up and let's not know together. But what will happen, in my opinion, even though he's tied to the greatest quarterback of all time, so memory's going to fade a little less, and we talked about this on Clubhouse and my boy Major mentioned this. Um, even though t- being tied to the most famous quarterback in the history of the NFL, the GOAT, the GOAT himself, will make him harder to forget. Time will separate 
people from Julian Edelman. And what happens when that happens, what's up, Cruz? What's, what happens when that happens is you eventually forget a little bit about this guy over and over and over. And then in time, Edelman won't be as big of a conversation piece for the Hall of Fame. Not to mention, every year that goes by, more people are deserving to get into the Hall of Fame. And so the line's going to get longer. Edelman's not going to inch his way closer as the line gets longer. He'll merely get shoved back little by little. And the line's going to get longer and longer for him. That's my opinion. But you have this the argument that makes a lot of sense is that if Edelman's looked at differently, you know, because there are, you know, they, there's different criteria for different things now, different rules, like you have to let so many people in the Hall of Fame that, go back to a certain date because too many people in the past are exactly what I'm saying, getting left behind because of father time, father time, putting separation between how good they really were, how much they meant in this moment in time. When this moment in time is gone, then nobody's remembering him at his best, which is in time, in time, in the game, in the playoffs, certain plays, Certain things that make him a Hall of Famer to a lot of people don't make him a Hall of Famer to other people. Some people are stat-based. Hey, he didn't do anything during the season. He can't be in the Hall of Fame. Or he was the best slot receiver ever. He has to be in the Hall of Fame. He was a uh, he's a Super Bowl winner. MVP. Has to be in the Hall of Fame. Best slot receiver. You know, there's all kinds of arguments. And, and you know, we'll, time will tell. And his his entry point into the Hall of Fame is not now. So we have to wait until he gets there to know how big that line is and how how far slotted back he is. Because right now, we don't have a good indication. This, this topic is like, it's funny, it's fun, it's divided, but it's divided for a reason. Because no one knows! And no one will know until they know. Now, I like Thaddeus Moss, baby Randy Moss, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I firmly believe the Bengals, which no one agrees with me, no one agrees with me, are better off taking good old um, Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. If Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts are taken, then this offense improves tenfold. And, whoa, where am I? (laughs) So, if Kyle Pitts gets taken, then Thaddeus Moss is a a moot point. Does Moss have potential to climb up and become something? You know, maybe. Maybe. Um, I like him a lot. He's got a lot of upside, but there's a reason... He was on waivers. There's a reason he hasn't done anything yet. So, you know, it's he's no lock by any means. Is he worth picking up in a deep, big, big old dynasty league? Sure, I'd take him. Sure. But I, I've said before, and I'll say it again. I'll say it until... Yeah, I'll say it even after the draft. Even if they go Sewell, I'll still say the best pick was either Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith. But I think they would go... If they're going wide receiver, they're going Chase because of the, the ties to Burrow. They would not take Devonta Smith and then go, sorry, Burrow, we don't care about what you think or the rapport you have with Chase. They would take Chase. They go wide receiver, they're taking Chase. So Chase or Kyle Pitts is the pick. 
Kyle Pitts can block. You can teach him to block. I don't want to hear that this man with a seven-foot arm span that could, you know, longer than a Tesla seven-footer could literally sit in his arm span. Um, that guy, you tell me that guy can't learn to block? He'll be fine. Hands, quickness, route running. This is a wide receiver, not a tight end, but he plays tight end. And he's going to be amazing. And you give that guy to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is instantly protected. That offensive line works a lot smarter and not harder. The offensive line improves immediately with Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts in that offense. And I've said it over and over and no one, well, I shouldn't say no one, but a lot of people, more people disagree with me than than agree with me. And they just say the, the same old sentence. Schmitty, you have to protect Joe Burrow. You have to protect Joe Burrow. As as if I don't know. As if I don't understand that. As if I don't get that you have to protect Joe Burrow. Stop saying that. I get it. I'm not a moron. I've been doing this for 18, 19 years. As long as some of you have been sharding and crapping outside your pants. So I, I get it. I get it. I just see it 1,000% differently than you. What I see is a an offensive line pool that is super deep. And what I see is about, I don't know, 15 to 18, you know, 15 offensive players maybe that are going to go before the Bengals pick. Maybe 18 offensive players. Maybe more. I don't know. Before the Bengals pick again in the second round. And they pick early in the second round. And if the Bengals have 15 to 16 to 17 to 18 offensive players, bunch of defensive guys, um, you're looking at a lot of offensive my- linemen that are going to fall that normally wouldn't fall in an NFL draft. There have never been so many offensive skill positions slated within the top 15 that I can remember. From the top four potentially being quarterbacks, Kyle Pitts, uh, uh more quarter, more quarter, or another quarterback at least. Once, so while five quarterbacks go, you'll have probably three or four wide receivers go. You'll probably have one to two running backs go. You'll, you'll have defensive players going at a much higher rate than offensive line players. You'll be looking at Mayfield, Cosme. You'll be looking at a bunch of amazing offensive line options in the second round. You could say, Smitty, why don't you go? cause me in the second round or Mayfield or Leatherwood or whoever and still get Sewell. You could do that. And if the Bengals draft Sewell at the top of, of you know, inside that, that middle range of round one or the top 10, what pick is it? Five. If they draft Sewell, what pick is it? It's pick five. If they draft Sewell at five, the Bengals will be instantly improved instantly like uh, on a whole nother level but that doesn't take away that they would be instantly improved times five five x improved by taking leatherwood mayfield cosme whoever in that round two pick and taking jamar chase with that number five stretches the field offensive line improves you may get the same improvement. I don't I don't want to hear, well, but it's a generational talent, Smitty. So is Jamar Chase. And you know what? I like a lot of these offensive linemen that rank around that 5-6 range. Not as much 
as Sewell, I admit, but the gap between them or their potential to get as close to Sewell as possible is a far smaller gap than it is for Jamar Chase and whoever the hell you put in there is not even close to me. That's all I got to say about that. That's news. That is news. Let me uh, let me get Grant the, the link and see if Grant is potentially ready early. I don't know if he will be. But Grant, I'm going to send it to you, bro. And if you're ready, we will go ahead and get you in here. Um, and with Grant, we're going to do this rookie draft. We're going to do the rankings. We're going to do a whole bunch. Uh, Grant, no pressure, but I'm going to send you that link now, my man. And if you want to jump in, you jump in, bad boy. Uh, I'll answer a few chat questions until we know if Grant's coming in early. Um, who is the best playoff wide receiver in history? Jerry Rice. Jake. By a lot. But Edelman's in the conversation after that. But Jerry Rice, bro. Jerry Rice, broski. Um... You didn't miss Tony Dillon. Tony's coming on in a little bit. We will be talking about Deshaun Watson. It's coming. Don't worry. We're going to take care of everything. We're going to give you all the information you need. It's coming up soon. Uh, yesterday was legendary Smitty. I don't know what you're referring to, media. Maybe maybe our live, I think you're talking about. Um, Larry says Rice and Irvin. Larry, give me a question. Media, give me a question. Uh, toss a good question. I'm going to hit the fan. It's getting hot here. Um, anybody have any questions about fantasy? News and notes. Whatever the case may be. Drop your question and we will have at it. Rookies, I'll go over to the to the marker board now. And we'll take a look at you know some rookie stuff. And then get it ready for Grant, I think. We'll get it ready for Grant. Um... situated let me switch mics and let's get it on okay rookies let's talk about rookies let's talk about 2021 rookies and in fact um Let me pull up uh, my, my sleeperu.com rankings. If you aren't getting your rankings from sleeperu.com, which we have right here, sleeper, the letter u.com, you're just missing out. And I'm going to pull up my rookie rankings and we're going to go over these guys. Okay. Before Grant gets on, I'm going to tell you my top. I'm going to tell you my, my ranking of a few of these positions here. Offered Eckler in a 2022 first and a 2023 third for Brown. For A.J. Brown? Okay. Christian McCaffrey for picks. McCaffrey, it depends on your league, um, Stu, honestly, because Christian McCaffrey... Um, so let's do, tr we'll do some trade talk here. We'll do some trade analysis here. So Christian McCaffrey in most dynasty leagues, you couldn't get him for, uh, 
I would say like if you offered somebody three first rounders, that might do it for some people in some leagues. And in other leagues, it wouldn't even it wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't move the meter because so much depends on what your league's playing for, how they value rookie picks. We have a follower league where uh, you could offer. I think I I think I got a bunch of first rounders really really cheap, and I can't get rid of them for anything. I actually at one point offered six first rounders for anybody in the top fifteen that I, I kind of liked. And and it got to the point where I couldn't get anybody to give me anything, and I'm in a win win now mode. I just acquired a bunch of first rounders because the league was not valuing them at all, and so I have six first rounders in this uh, uh, dynasty uh, follower league, and it's got a couple experts in it too. And you can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. Then in other leagues, you'll see CMC get traded for you know two first rounders. So it, it it it's so different, bro, and I can't really give you like a blanket, um, oh, Christian McCaffrey's worth this because every league's different. In a nutshell, if I'm not getting three first rounders, I'm not trading him at all, bro. I'm I'm gonna ride that wave out. If I've got someone like Derrick Henry, um I probably trade Henry for three you know, two two or uh, two first rounders probably. I don't know that I'd do it for one because if you look, if you think about it, and you might not get two first rounders because people are a little scared of his long term value, which they should be. But if you get a first rounder, and let's say this is like the one point eight, you know that's not worth it. Like I in today's draft, I would trade. Even though I doubt Henry, I would trade the one point eight, one point nine for Henry, most likely because I could then turn this into something better. So if you're trading Henry, my advice is to trade for a player not for a pick because the player is going to be a much uh, better value. So if you think about like lamb um, and something, or you could think about trading them for, you know, Jefferson potentially, even if you had to give up more, I'd rather Jefferson using Henry, you have a better shot at getting Henry. And if you think about it, this 1.8 isn't going to come close to getting you a lamb or Jefferson, but Henry could come close to getting you a Lamb or Jefferson or potentially a Ridley. So that should tell you that the valuation of the player is a much higher like give back than trying to get a pick. So don't don't uh don't trade don't trade guys for picks unless you're getting a plethora of picks and over you know amount uh, Someone's overpaying to an ex- extreme degree. Stu with the super chat. Thank you, Stu. Uh, Superflex PPR IDP Dynasty. Here's half of lunch. Thank you, Stu. I appreciate you, Stu. Um, yeah, that's that's tough with McCaffrey. Can you give me some players that you think you can maybe get in your particular league? Um, and we'll we'll try and break that down, bro. What's up? What's up, Cowboys family? Appreciate you. And uh, we got to go on each other's shows soon. Uh, we could talk a little... Uh, a little. Uh, we should go live on each other's shows simul- simultaneously. So basically, you go live, I go live, and then we give each other our Skype info, and we dial each other up on Skype. You throw me into your live stream on Skype, I throw you into my live stream, and YouTube doesn't know the difference. We're both live. And we'll talk uh, CD Lamb. I'll give you some CD Lamb predictions. 
Um, I was thinking uh, minimum of two first, but not worried about it moving them. Yeah, and it depends on when those first rounders will be too. You know, like if if you anticipate they'll be very bad picks, I don't like it at all. I keep McCaffrey. There's no way. Um, Grant should be coming here in about five minutes, I think. Sell Henry to a win now team, says Ian. I agree. I agree. So, what do you think of the Eckler 2022 first and 2023 third rounder for AJ Brown trade? Eckler 2022 first. I mean, I like that, bro. So, you basically you gave up Eckler a 2022 first. I assume you, this this pick will be middle of the range or late, right? And a third. All for A.J. Brown, right? I mean, let's look at it this way. If we have a mock a mock draft here, this is kind of how my mind works, okay? So here's a mock. Here's round one. Here's round two, three, four. This is the top of round one. This is the bottom of round one. This is the top of round two. This is the... Um, Dr. Raj. What's up, brother? We don't have any audio for you. It's probably your... Oh, there you go. I think I hear you. It's ridiculous. What's up, man? There you go. I hear you now. Okay. What's it's up, man? Choppy. I don't know. It's choppy because I don't, I'm outside, so I don't have any Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, what's up, man? How much? I just figured I'd check in. How's everything go? What are you talking about today? Uh, we're, we're talking about all the news and notes. We're talking about James Conner landing in Arizona. Um, yeah, what do you ha- think about that? You know, I, I think I think there's still a possibility that, that they draft a running back. It makes it less likely. Um, yeah. But, but I don't think it, it rules out anything. I think yeah. if, if Najee Harris is still there, if ETN's still there, they still, still look at it. But it definitely makes it a little less likely. But Yeah, I was a little bummed about that because... I predicted them to get uh, Najee Harris. Now I'm like, I don't know. James Conner's not a bad running back, but he has injury issues. Yeah, he's got injury history. There's a reason they went after him. They don't necessarily believe in Chase Edmonds. So, you know, I don't think they're sold yeah. on, you know, like if if I'm in an organization, like I try to tell people in here, they don't they don't think like us. They don't think, oh, well, we've got this play. Like they'll, they'll draft. A lot of times it comes down to who's the best player on the board, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll yeah. definitely consider – taking a guy like sometimes you got to take best player available you're right but that's tough man you get another running back in there it's hard to see them taking a first round on a running back when you just got one and you're right though we we called it out that we didn't think they believed in chase uh Edmonds. so i kind of saw them taking running back route yeah but this lessens that now if you are a chase Edmonds truther this is a good move. Like you don't you don't want them drafting a Najee Harris or an ETN. That puts a nail in the coffin for Edmonds. But at least here you got a guy that if you do believe in Edmonds still, a guy I, in Connor that that can't necessarily stay healthy, and so you know there's an open door still for Chase Edmonds. So you know, but I, I think it's okay for the Cardinals. I don't think it makes this dangerous or scary. I think Najee Harris would. I don't think there's a player the Cardinals could take that's more scary or dangerous. And and as a Cardinal fan, 
and as a car, uh, I'm sorry, as a, a 49er uh, fan and, and, and expert on the ground, Raj, wouldn't you agree that Najee Harris even today would be the most dangerous thing for your 49ers to face on a weekly basis? I don't know if we lost Raj. You there? Unbelievable player. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're cutting in and out a little bit. Yeah, sorry, I'm in my car. But yeah, um, Najee Harris is an unbelievable player, man. And if they were to get him, that would make that offense scary with Kyler and yeah. Hopkins. That's scary. I'm man. still pulling for it. But hey, uh, Fields is pro days tomorrow. Um, yeah. Are you excited? And what happens if it's a bad a bad day? What do you think happens? Do you think people it's start? It's not going to be a bad day because. I don't think it's going to be bad because this is his chance to show out, and he, he's ready for this. I think he's going to be ready for this. Um, I'm excited. That's all I've been thinking about today. Uh, we just posted some news about 30 minutes ago before I left. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are now going to be at that pro day tomorrow, so it's going to be the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Niners. That's kind of interesting because before it was just San Francisco and, and the Patriots. Now we have the Falcons entering the mix, so this is a big chance for Fields to really prove himself. And if the Niners want Justin Fields, they have the leverage here because they have the third pick. They're going to draft before the Falcons. They're going to draft before the Patriots. So this is huge. He has to put on a show. I, I think that Fields is still the way that the Niners are going to go. But this is a big day because what if Atlanta really, 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 really wants him and say, hey, look, we could trade up, you know, or what if the Patriots want to trade up to the Niners? This is big, man. This is definitely big. Or... Let's say the Patriots say, hey, look, the Falcons are there. Maybe they could trade up to nine, get Mac Jones. I, I don't know. There's a lot that goes on in this. That There's a lot riding on this pro day tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but, but if he does uh, have a bad a bad day, just say. I, I know you, don't, you want to think positive, but from my perspective. Yeah. Do you think that if Lance has an amazing day that – that it's going to like the hype is going to be even we, we we're not going to know what the team thinks but but do you think the hype will get like even um you know where yeah we're... i think the hype will get even because the crowd you know that's how fans react they they look at it of oh his pro day was so good oh my god and and oh this guy's pro day because mac jones didn't have a good pro day and everybody's been you know head because he didn't have a good pro day. A fan standpoint yeah if someone does good their value goes up because that's what they see if someone does bad, the value goes down. That's what they see. But I think as far as the team, they know who they want. They have a picture of what they see and what they want. Pro Day is not going to sway them, but it's just a good chance to get to talk to these players. I think the biggest thing I take away out of these Pro Days right now is when they get to talk to the player and, and see what's you know in between the ears, that's what these, players, these coaches are looking for. They want to know what's going on in the mind of these players. They know the kid can play. You know, they've seen the film because really – the main thing that have, the main things that um, matter, and in, in when you're scouting a player is the film, you know. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Hey, dial me back up when you're home and you got a better connection, uh, like at the end of the show, um, and maybe we yeah, can talk yeah, yeah. talk a little Niners for you. Sounds good. I appreciate I you, man. Check in, but yeah, man. Yep. Take care. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll hopefully right. see, see Doctor Raj later. If not, follow him on I on IG. Um, that's my boy, Doctor Raj. Okay. So back to uh, back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing board. Uh, this trade right here. Sorry, I got sidetracked there. AJ Brown. Um, so where do I slot AJ Brown in a dynasty draft? So here's the top of round one. Here's the bottom of round one. Here's the top of round two. Here's the bottom. I mean, I, I, I honestly I feel he's like this range 
but he could he could be you know top of round two. So where do I value Eckler? I probably value Eckler somewhere in round three. I don't know where in round three, but this first rounder, if you assume this is not a high high pick, like if it's not a top three pick, it doesn't move the needle. It doesn't make this you know third rounder um, equivalent to a player that you could potentially argue here. You could argue AJ Brown here. You could argue him as a number twelve overall player in dynasty. So whenever you do a trade. It's kind of good to plot it out on a like potential um, mock draft board so that you can, you know, well, actually, we'll do it this way from, from now on just so it makes more sense. So uh, round two, round three, round four. Okay, that way we're going down and it's a little easier to, to understand it. So um, let's see here. In a PPR redraft, what is the highest pick you would use to spend on CD Lamb? CD Lamb to me in redraft should be no higher than this range right here. Not that he can't. I think he'll be this good. I think CD Lamb will be this good. He could be this good. That's how good CD Lamb could be. But you don't want to draft a guy where you think he could be. You want to draft a guy as late as you can, get away with it as much as you can in every league that you do. Because the leagues where you reach for him and you take him, you don't know where he would have fallen. And so you got to play the odds game. And if his ADP is in the 3.1 to, to 4 point, you know, it's weird because if you play with a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing, you'll find CeeDee Lamb in this range. But if you play with a bunch of sharks, you might even find him in this range. But your sweet spot where you can build in a little risk if he's the top dog like I think he'll be, if I think if he's going to be a top five wide receiver like I think he'll be, this range right here helps you win a league. So this is win a league territory. Um, this here, he can definitely earn that, but you're talking about higher risk and the ro- the reward's not as great. So it's all about what you can get away with. If you can, If you have a pick like right here, That means you have a draft pick right here in the snake draft. So if I'm drafting CD Lamb, most certainly I'm letting him fall to that pick. Even if there's a chance he could go, the odds are pretty good that he'll fall to this pick. Um, I try and I try and let him let him fall. No way you take a guy any higher than you have to. That kind of defeats the purpose of of using draft value um, uh, evaluation. So this is round two, round three. As we wait for Grant, um, hit me with some more questions. Let me see if I can find. I traded Miles Sanders, Chark, 2021, uh, 1.5, and 2022 first for Saquon Hawkinson in a 2021 2.4. That's a lot, though. So the 1.5, let me put this into perspective, bro. So Saquon in a dynasty league, we could probably put her out right here. Um, let's see. Miles Sanders in a dynasty league. I don't know. You think like fourth rounder guys, like somewhere around here. I don't know. We'll put them right around there. So, so clearly huge, huge advantage, but 1.5, 1.5, 1. 1.5 1. is either Kyle Pitts or it's uh Jamar chase or it's ETN. And that player to me, if it's Jamar chase or Devonta Smith, um, you're potentially looking at a second round player. So you're trading this for, you know, maybe a fourth or a fifth. I don't know how you view Miles Sanders. Every league is going to view him slightly different. 
and then at 2022 first, you can make an argument that this that both sides could win that. And Barkley in a dynasty league with a you know injury history and short short shelf life in in a sense because you know he's had the injury history. He is a running back, probably has two or three years left at an elite level. So it depends on how you're built. If you're built to win now, then that move makes sense. But you you know when we write it out, um, Jamar Chase, Sanders, and you know depending on where that pick is, but the twenty twenty two first. I don't care about the other one so much. Um, that that is a good haul for one player if that player is not like McCaffrey. That is a good haul because I could make an argument that Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith is worth, you know, anybody. I'm not saying I would pay that, but in my mind, I'd be thinking, look, I like obviously like guys like Christian McCaffrey more. Um, there, there are wide receivers that I like more, like Justin Jefferson in Dynasty. There are some, you know, situations where I could see liking a, a several running backs more, but Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith to me. Um, are in a in a quiet quiet you know place in my head that I don't really share. I would say in some ways, arguably equal as Barkley, but because I don't have to pay that price tag, I will not. Because I don't have to pay that, I will go get extra pieces like this because you can. I don't tell anybody when I'm doing a trade that I love Jamar Chase that much or that I love Devonta Smith that much. But Barkley's worth more. If I'm in a draft, I don't draft Chase in the first round. I don't, I don't draft Chase in the top five. I draft Barkley. In a dynasty startup, I draft Barkley in the top five. That says something about Barkley. That says that he's got a lot of good value. But when push comes to shove in a trade, it really puts my value of Chase and, and Devonta to the test. And that's a good example of how draft value and trade value can be different. And it doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean that you're making a mistake um, doesn't mean that your your draft value is jacked up. But draft value and trade value don't always go hand in hand. Jonathan Taylor, first round in Dynasty. Um, Jonathan Taylor in Dynasty, I would say here's the first round, bro. Uh, let, me, let me get rid of these so I have more real estate. Here's the first round. In Dynasty, I put Jonathan Taylor about here, bro. So to answer your question, is he a first rounder? Absolutely. You can make a case for the 1.2 on down to like the 1.7, you know, in this range. That's where you can make a case for Jonathan Taylor. No question about it. Now, is there risk at number two or number five or number four? Sure. But he is definitely a first-rounder. He's in the upper half of the first round. He's not even in the mid to late. All right, hit me with another question here. What running back do you like? Let me pull this on screen. What running back do you like in a PPR redraft with round 4 ADP? Round 4 ADP. 
running back in redraft? Bro, I would probably say looking at some top 200 data here, I would say Clyde. Um, any of the rookies. So it's tough to know who's going to have true fourth round value right now. ADP is kind of ridiculously hard to predict. But if we say like um, the rookie running backs, Clyde, um, Hunt, this is redraft. I like Hunt a lot. All the rookies, I mean the top three or four, top three, put the top three there. So Javonta Williams, ETN, and Najee Harris. So the big three running backs. Um, you could say Miles Sanders if he fell, but he might go in the third. I would say Mixon potentially if Mixon fell there, but he's he's going to climb now with Giovanni Bernard being released. He's going to climb back up more than he's going to fall. He started to fall pretty pretty hardcore, but now uh, now I don't think that's going to happen. I think if anything, he's just going to climb into the potential low second round, at least high third. So Mixon's kind of out as a value grab for you. Uh, Monty was here for sure but not anymore in my mind really i mean if 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 he fell and i was looking at it and and i couldn't fill the running back spot at all and he was the last resort i would consider this but with with naggy being the play caller in 2021 that's about as bad as gase becoming head coach on top of it you know like i don't think things could get any worse unless gase was named uh joint offensive coordinator or something. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about that. Mike with the super chat at a boy at a boy, Mikey uh, hit the thumbs up on your way in the door. looks like we are matching up with viewers and thumbs up. So I appreciate that, but please hit it. If you're new, hit punch it. Um, James Robinson, still a first round value in dynasty, right? No. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be talked about like that, Mike, but I can tell you right now, no one's viewing him that high. And so that's good news, right? If you love him, Mike, I love him. He's going around here in Dynasty, bro. He's not even going in round two, um, which means that if you're trying to trade James Robinson, you're not going to get what you deserve to get, so hold on to him. If you're trying to acquire James Robinson, you can get him more cheaply than you imagine now somebody that owns him may not want to deal him just like you wouldn't want to at this kind of value range so it makes him a hard player to acquire sometimes depending on the league because nobody wants to get rid of him at that value but you could get him like right here and i still think that's not an overpay so if you wanted to pay somewhere around like 18 overall value that would be good but bro he has the potential to be this good Kind of sit right in between round one and two. Even in Dynasty. Undrafted free agent. A lot of people don't want to talk about undrafted free agents having the the potential to become elite running backs and get that second contract. I don't care. 
I don't care about that. I don't care. I, you know, Kurt Warner was bagging groceries at Hill Valley Grocery Store. That's probably what it was not called. But I'm just throwing out a name. And and he goes from Hill Valley Grocery Store to the NFL and becomes the best best quarterback, um, you know, around during his time. And arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And definitely one of the best fantasy quarterbacks to ever play the game. Don't worry about that crap. If you believe in them, you believe in them. But you you do have to understand the market value. And the market value in Dynasty is around third round. And when you think about it, and I and I and I, I, I got I took offense to this because I loved James Robinson. So when I, I first heard his dynasty value was that that in that range, I wasn't happy about it. What's up, Grant? Hey, what's up, man? You want to tackle this question with me? This gentleman right here, kind enough to super chat. His name's Mike. Mike wants to know if James Robinson has first round dynasty value. Now, I don't know how versed you are in, in ADPs with dynasty and stuff, but I can tell you right now, I've already answered his question that here, here is a mock draft, let's say. James Robinson has value around the third round, which it seems really low. It's like, whoa, 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 you know, but when you do mock out all the rookies, you throw the rookies in, um, guys move up and down. Um, it does put them right around there. Even when you do it honestly, and you're and you haven't done you haven't done a mock draft in a while or done any rankings, and you're shocked at how low you do have him, but he does have the potential to still be like a guy that plays like a end of the first round, top of the second. So he's a good value, and if you can trade for him at this value, it's fantastic. But the problem is, you know, like if you own him or I own him, no one wants to pay this. We feel like we should be getting this value back, but his ADP is here. So what do you think of James Robinson? Do you believe he can? Even though his ADP, I can answer Mike's question right now because I know the ADPs, um, he's not a first-rounder. But do you feel like he can produce like a first-rounder like I do, like I believe Mike does? Absolutely. Uh, I really like James Robinson coming in this year. As long as the Jaguars don't take anybody, another running back in the draft, I really think they're going to into um, into that tremendous amount of value. You know, Urban Meyer likes to run the ball more than throw the ball, so I'm really looking forward to what he can do this year. I don't know. We've got a huge lag. It's got to be on my end today because you and Dr. Raj were both la- both lagging, and it, it sucks because uh, I, I just restarted my system. Resources are coming in hot, um, and I don't know if it's a, a Wi-Fi issue or what's going on, um, but definitely got you choppy. So, guys, sorry if, if uh, the guests are choppy today. But um, – we can still hear you loud and clear, Grant, but I think it's on my end. Okay. So, um, what do we, what do you say we get into this? Uh, we're gonna do a rookie mock draft, and we're also gonna do a rankings game. And the rankings game is gonna go as follows. Maybe we'll do the rankings game first. So the rankings game will go as follows. We did it. We did a. For those of you that missed it, it was fantastic. It was fun. We did a predicting wins and losses for the NFL teams. We did all 32 teams and we did it creatively. Like if, if we said, you know, the, the Cardinals, if I, I started out and I said the Cardinals were going to win 10 wins, Grant could move this up to 12 or he can move it down to eight. The max amount of spots he could mess with it was two in either direction, but he was able to move it and then he would make his pick. So we'd go to the next team and he'd say, you know, San Fran, you know, 10 or whatever. And I could go up to or I could go down to. So it was a way to kind of collaboratively do do 
wins and losses, and it was fun. So this one's going to be similar. So we'll do wide receivers. So let's say um, I give Adams. Then it's your turn. You say Hill. Then right. I, I say whatever. We mock it out. We put the 10 on the board. Maybe we'll do some alternates down here. Then at that point, we'll rotate. You get a turn to move somebody up one spot. And then I have – or down. And I have an opportunity to move somebody up one spot or down then you have an opportunity. We each get five chances to do it and and see how, how it changes our rankings. Um, the only rule would be oh. you can't move a player twice in a row. Um, okay. But you can come back to that player once you've had a, a, a break and move somebody else. So you can you can still circle around and move that player up or down. So let's start out with let's do let's do this redraft style first. Um, and then we'll we'll do dynasty after that, maybe. So redraft, yeah. redraft rankings, Grant, you're the guest. I'll let you go first. You are coming in more clear now, so thank God you're not choppy. Sorry about that, guys. Number one, wide it's receiver. Not... Redraft. Jeez. Uh, re... Redraft. Wide receivers. Grant, you are up. I like Devontae Adams. There's What's not to like? You've got him... The... The combination with him and Rodgers is just absolutely dynamic. You know, he's going to lead the league or be at the top in receptions. He's going to get his touchdowns. He's Rodgers' go-to guy. He's going to rack up a ton of yards. I mean, what's not to love about Devontae Adams? I agree, bro. Okay, so number two, this is redraft. Um, man, I want to go Diggs. I want to go Hill. I want to boldly say somebody else, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be careful and kind of follow suit with ADP and, and realize that we can, you know, we can we can get steals here and bank on guys here maybe finishing two or one, but this is the smart pick for me. Um, but, I, 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 you know, we'll see what happens when we can move these around after we're done locking them in. So number three goes to you. So I'm going to step out on a limb and already go with my bull prediction. Uh, the one guy who I think could end up wanting to do this year is Calvin Ridley. I love Calvin Ridley. I realize this is high compared to ADP. I think once you start getting into the stats, he is he is a right now. I love Ridley. I love these wide receivers, man. They're so this class or this pool of. Go ahead. I was just going to say Julio can't stay healthy, and then whenever Julio's off, this gets peppered and peppered with targets. You know, he's getting at least 10 targets a game when Ridley's, or when Julio's on the field. When Julio is on the field, he's getting eight or nine. So I just love Ridley coming in here. Okay. Uh, let's go with Diggs at number four. And I don't disagree with you on Ridley. Um, I love Ridley. I always want to rank Ridley higher. Um, he was on my bold predictions board last year and I believe the year prior. So I've been a huge Ridley supporter like I lit I literally had Ridley on my bold predictions two straight years in a row I was I was a year early and then everyone's like what happened to Ridley bro so like he literally fell flat for me um as a bold prediction because I was an actual year early and then I had him again last year on the bold predictions and he definitely delivered and Julio like you said Julio can't stay healthy um there was a point in time where Julio uh went back uh he uh he got he got going and everyone started backtracking on their okay Ridley's is the number one everyone's like no Julio's back and then Julio got hurt again Julio had a bad year statistically because he didn't play um, so you know 
I think some people are going to like Julio more still. It's going to be weird. It's kind of awkward. Like I've had people guests on the show before that I've really respected, but they say things like, you know, I like Julio Jones in the tops, you know, seven wide receivers. I'm like, how, like, how do you not have like 15 other wide receivers ahead of Julio? Like I, I don't really get it, but Julio won't be in our top 10. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I can't admit. Uh, uh, five, number five, Grant. All right, so kind of looking right here, I really like DK Metcalf. Okay, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Now I'm going to have to, you know, how to change that offense because he pretty much was only going vertical, hitting those big plays. They've got to be able to figure out a way to get him the ball in space, then you know, zero to ten yards plays. I just don't think they've got to be able to adjust their offense around that. I'm going AJB. AJ Brown, number six. I think he deserves to be like in this range. So uh apologize. You know, I, I feel like, you know, no one was higher on him than I was last year on record that I can find that was producing videos at least. And so, you know, I feel disrespectful even putting him this low. But he's certainly capable of being like a three, top three guy. But every one of these guys is DK could be top three. Diggs could be top three. Ridley could be top three. These two are already top three in most people's minds. Like there's no, you're not, you're not casting any disrespect here in this range. Cause they're all so capable. Um, uh, so you have Hopkins MT. Uh, let's see who else is left. Jefferson, um, lamb, Honestly, McLaurin. At seven, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Yeah. It's about time. JJ. Okay. Now I, I I'm gonna get crazy here, and I think, like I'm almost ranking these guys. Like I, I don't know if you're doing this too, but I'm almost ranking these guys in terms of like a balance between where you should draft them and and where I I can't let them fall any further. But when push comes to shove, like Jefferson, I think could finish. I don't know if you can see that arrow there. Jefferson could finish, freaking right here. Like right. I, 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 I'm very uncomfortable letting him fall there, but I don't like to train people to draft him here because then you don't get any of that upside and that win a league potential. So while I rank JJ here, I truly, truly believe he could be number two, number three, number one, like number one, even I love who I love Justin Jefferson. Um, I want to put Jefferson here because I'm, I'm afraid someone's going to think JJ's Julio. We'll put Jeff. Okay, uh, that means I'm up. So I've got, uh, see, Diggs is, we already got Diggs. I just want to make sure we don't forget anybody. Hopkins, um, this is redraft. How's Hopkins falling? And how, I'll tell you how he's falling, Grant, because this class is crazy. This class, this pool, this this wide receiver pool is insane. It's so good. Well, well another reason that Kyler Murray, for whatever reason in, in the NFL, is not decided to throw the ball downfield. And so everything they're trying to get to Hopkins is between zero and like four yards is average depth of target. It's super short. And with that, he might rack up PPR points, but he's not getting the yardage for there. I mean, I don't know what he averaged as far as yardage last year, but it, it wasn't anywhere near what he was averaging with the Texans. Alex wants MT. He had, he had breakout games. Don't get me wrong. Where he had a lot of yards, but also he had 13, 14 receptions in those games. Yeah. He wasn't averaging that all year. Right. Okay, so uh, who you got here? All right, looking at the board, I'm probably gonna go Mike Evans. Woo, woo! I I can see this being one that I want to move down. I, the question is, uh, the question is, 
will Godwin get back on his horse in 2021? Will Evans stay healthy? Because if he if he was healthy, what would he have done? You know, like I want to move him down only because I like a couple guys more. But we're almost at the point. Like I would say, once we get to like this range, I really love Evans, which is not far at all. Um, so I don't think you're wrong on this at all. If he stayed healthy, all the touchdowns he got, imagine what kind of year he would have had. But I do wonder, like, is Godwin gonna is Godwin gonna pull a Odell Beckham Jr. for the rest of his career, where he's a top five to ten physical talent, but he doesn't do anything. Um, and if Godwin got hurt, Evans would go crazy. If Evans got hurt, Godwin might rebound. Tough to say. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Again, I'm I'm right there with Evans. I think Evans would have been an alternate for me. But it'll be interesting to see if I waste uh, a spot on that early on. Who do you who do you not like that you would want to move down? Just give a little teaser to the. Well, you're gonna hate me when I say this because I'm I'm about to say your boy, and I know you're gonna hate me for it. But it'd be AJ Brown. You're gonna move him down? You're gonna do that to me, Grant? <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm not a not a. I, there's a lot of other receivers I like okay. more than AJ Brown. I'm gonna go. It's my turn, right? We got MT, we got Lamb. Lamb. I can see it. Uh, let's throw out one alternate each, just that we can move into the top 10 and bump someone out of the top 10, make it fun. Or we'll do, I'll give you two and I'll take one. We'll let our, our guest have two. All right, I'm going to take uh, Keenan Allen and Terry McLaurin. Okay, so Allen. And McLaurin, and I'm going to put MT in here. I know people are freaking yeah. out because MT wasn't listed yet. So Mike Thomas. Um, I love Mike Thomas if he's healthy, but he's not healthy. He may need ligament surgery, so that's why MT is sitting right here. This is redraft. Yeah, I, don't, I don't play in much this, this upcoming year. Okay, Grant, I'm going to let you go first. You can move any player down one spot, which means I'm going to erase a name, erase a name, and rewrite them. Go ahead, you son of a. I'm going to do AJ Brown. That's just I'm not I'm not big on him this year. Now I can't touch AJ Brown for right now because you can't do two players in a row. So that means Jefferson moves up, AJ Brown moves down. I don't like this, Grant. I don't like how this feels at all. No. But guess what? Boy, I know you don't like that. You're going to play this game. I'll play it right back. Lamb's going above Evans. Okay. Okay. So it's my turn. Yeah, and in in in, I guess technically, uh, yeah, I don't know if you can touch Lamb or Evans, right? How do you want to do this? How do you want to play this? This is the first time we made this game up, so. You keep giving me the opportunity. I'm going to go Hopkins over Brown. So okay, I can't know if I can move AJ. Brown. Whoa, like, you can't. No, you can't move AJ Brown yet. I, I can't touch you. Yeah. Oh, uh, all right. Well, in this situation, um, I really like the order we've got. Uh, there's really not anything I would move up or down. But you can have arguments for. I, I, I'm big on Terry McLaurin this year. I think that uh, Fitzpatrick, he, he, he peppers his number one with extreme amounts of targets. And McLaurin is a physical specimen. You're going you're so to bump, you're gonna bump your own guy. <laughs> you're bumping your own guy, Evans from McLaurin. I know. Just okay. saying, we're, we're having an argument sake. It's a show. Okay. We're trying to have, uh, we're supposed to have dialogue here. I like it. 
Unpredictable. And that puts it free light. Unpredictable, Grant. Um, I'm gonna move Jefferson above DK. I'm did, I'm gonna do the same thing. I can, I can see that absolutely. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Jefferson as high as I can, so you can't touch him. DK. I really like Justin Jefferson this year. Okay, a lot. now you can go after AJ Brown again. Well, let me take Hopkins over AJ Brown. Oh, <laughs> this is painful. I you know what's going to be the worst is people are going to look at just this draft and they're going to think these are my rankings, Grant. I know, man. I hate to do it to you. Um, how many more turns do we have? I don't know. We can keep going until we're we're both happy with it. I think we have. Let's go two more. Uh, I've got a turn here, and then we'll go two more turns each. Um, I can't touch AJ Brown because you just moved him. Um, man. I don't know what I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what I can even move at this point. Uh, I'd say, for conversation's sake, I'll move Ridley and Diggs. Yeah, that's where I thought you were going with that. That that's perfectly fair. And I I love Ridley. I don't want to hear any. You don't like Ridley from the chat, but I love Ridley. But I just feel like Diggs. Diggs looks so good right now, and he's got he's got Josh Allen and Allen getting better and better every day. So. I just feel like that's that's a pretty locked and loaded. Like Ridley, I like a touch later, but I love Ridley. I'd love to own both. Okay. Um, actually, we'll go one more each. One more each, Grant. I'd probably go McLaurin over Lamb. Oh, you son of a bee. Now I can't move him. So yeah. this is it. He, he locks into 10. Lamb. McLaurin. Wow. McLaurin. And I love, you know, in our podcast last fall, I boldly predicted that they would be trading away uh, Amari Cooper by the end of this season. C.D. Lamb would be the number one on the Dallas Cowboys by the start of 2022. I'm a firm, huge, huge believer in C.D. Lamb. Um, and honestly, he might be top five in the yeah. rankings next year. for two. It all okay. depends on Dak and his health. I've waited the proper amount of time. I, I'm moving him back up. Hopkins. Yeah, do it. I'm not going to argue with you on that. A.J.B. and Hopkins. Okay. That was fun, painful, eventful. Uh, Evans moved down. Keenan Allen and MT didn't move up. Sorry, Alex, in the chat. I know Alex Cruz wanted MT to get into the top 10, but I, I think the bottom line for me, and same thing for you, it sounds like, is we're just worried about injury. We're worried about the offense. Uh, hasn't had ligament uh, surgery yet, so I'm I'm not banking on him ahead of guys like Lamb or McLaurin or or even DK or AJ Brown or you know anybody like that, obviously. But I, I could understand like a McLaurin over MT. I really, I really could. But I, I could understand anybody like an MT over McLaurin. So it could go either way. Okay, right. Let's go with Dynasty. What time you got to get off, Grant? Okay. What time do you got to get off? Uh, in about about thirty minutes. Okay. You got thirty. Okay, we're good. So about. 40 okay or no 50 number one go ahead as far as uh, 
dynasty wide receivers go. Yeah. I like Calvin Ridley. Woo! Woo, doggy. You're going to have him for a long time. Now, he's not a spring chicken, and I think but he's still young. Three or four years left. Yeah, he's not a spring chicken, he's but young he's still. And, he's, and Matt Ryan's going to pepper him with targets for three or four years. Uh, give me Jefferson. I know that's early, but give me Jefferson. All right, then we will go Devontae Adams. Lamb. I like that. Now, granted, granted, Grant, um, I'm not recommending anybody take these guys these this high if you don't have to, so ADPs do determine Correct. what you pay, but this is just kind of like a... We're trying to rank them as responsibly as we can, but also be a little bold. Go ahead, Grant. Yep. Um, you know, Tyree Kill still has another three or four years in him. Let's go Tyree Kill with Patrick Mahomes. All right, so we got A.J. Brown still left. Okay. You guys know where I, who I want to go soon. Diggs, um, Diggs is falling. It's crazy. Honestly, let's get Diggs. I mean, Diggs has still got a few years left in the tank, and he's, he's going to be top five for the next few years with Allen. Yeah, that's hard to leave him there. So, A.J. B., we got Lamb, we got Adams, we got... So we have DK sitting there. Um, this is gonna be bold, but people have already seen my video. But I'm gonna say Devonta. Devonta yep. Smith. I don't draft him here, but I'm I'm ranking him, and I'm I'm gonna plan on moving him upward if Grant will let me. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on where he gets, what team he gets drafted on. And, you know, we talked last week. I mean, he's my third-ranked wide receiver coming out of this class. So, we'll just kind of, we'll see what happens. How's DK falling? How's DK Yeah, fall? let's go to DK next. How's he falling? Like, it's so, this class is, this this incoming class mixed with the current class just makes this wide receiver group so Insane. crazy. Um, so, Hill's gone. Lamb, making sure we aren't forgetting anybody. Diggs, Hill. Uh, Adams, Devonta Smith, Jefferson. So we have like Jamar Chase, Hopkins, Mike Thomas, McLaurin. Um, I'm gonna go Chase right here. I like that a lot. Okay, um, that's our cutoff line, and then we're gonna throw a couple alternates. So give me an alternate. Uh, obviously, we want to throw McLaurin in there. Hopkins. And what about Waddle? You gonna want Waddle in there? I mean, I mean, why not? I'm, I'm looking right here. Waddle, um, Mike Thomas, still young, but he needs the surgery. Yeah, I don't think we're moving so, him in. Okay. I just, I'm not, I'm not a Mike Thomas guy right now. Okay. Um, let's go. Uh, move up, move up your first guy. Or down or whatever. Um, man, this is tough. Let's go DK over Devontae Smith. Um, AJ Brown over Hill. I'm moving AJ. I'm getting AJ as high as I can. 
let's go and do here. I really like where we've got. There's really not a whole lot of move. Um, you can, can make pass. a lot of arguments for the four guys on the outside for Chase. I mean, there you can you can have a, a good argument say for any of those. Um, I like Chase over Smith, but I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, it all depends on situations. I mean, I, there's really not a lot I touch on here. You want to pass? Other than AJ Brown, touch. You want to pass? Yeah, I'll pass on this one. Okay. Because I can't touch AJ. I, yeah, I'd say Jeff. I'm going to move Jefferson up here. Over. Uh, who do we have here? We had, um, Ridley. Ridley. I mean, we could leave it, but it's up to you. I'll give you one more go. You can move Chase over Smith now if you want. Yeah, let's do Chase over Smith just because it's a show and we've got to do something. Okay. And if I to top it off, I'd say um, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass too. It's it's too hard for me to go ahead and pick the uh, where it says redraft. Make sure you put that uh, for dynasty. Yeah. I think we've got some stuff people confused in the chat. Yeah. Sorry, we moved over to dynasty. So, DJ Moore's value for us, I don't, it, it's not near here, but he's, not, you know. Not right now. Yeah, he could be a really good wide receiver too, but these are all wide receiver ones. Hey, I think Sam Darnold is going to absolutely stun people with what's going what he's going to do this year. Hmm. I really think Ace is a complete team killer, player killer for fantasy value, and I think Sam Darnold is going to have a, of a big-time reemergence uh, re here come, come soon. He could. He could. Um, you know, he, I don't think he's past the window of time where he can't recover from his horrible experience, but it definitely puts him at a disadvantage to, to have like struggled this look, long. But look at what Tannehill's done in Tennessee in a predominantly run heavy offense. Yeah. Tannehill coming out of A&M didn't have, he wasn't as highly regarded as Darnold was coming out of USC. You Darnold was a higher ranked prospect coming out. He's got all the tools in the world, and I think Adam Gase is just that bad of a coach. Could be. Could be. I don't I'm, know. We'll I'm, see. I'm not going to rule it out. I just I think I'm waiting and seeing. Let's do a, a rookie-only draft. So this would be a rookie. Um, Grant, you're the guest. You can go uh, take control here with the first overall pick in the 2021 rookie only draft. I'm going Travis Etienne. I like it. That guy is an absolute beast. If he goes somewhere like Arizona, which I don't think he'll go there because they just signed James Conner, but depending on his situation, he could make an absolute monster impact this for in his rookie year. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends on the perspective you have let with with this next pick. I mean, if you're you're in a running back needy situation, or if you know running backs dominate your league differently, 
Um, you know, I could see somebody wanting Najee Harris. I feel like these wide receivers are just on a whole other level. I, I, I love ETN, and if ETN's in the right spot, I think he's the one elite running back from this class. Um, I think Javonta Williams could be too if he landed in in the right spot. He could be like Marshawn Lynch, good, you know, for uh, uh, you know eight years or six years. He could you know dabble in you know. I think a lot of running backs have like that three to four year shelf life. I think if anybody has durability built into their frame, it's probably Javonta Williams. So like I'd say four four years, four to five years, I think he could be like a, a, a Marshawn Lynch type guy, like a seven to ten overall player, seven to fourteen overall player if he's in the right spot. Um, so like Miami, I think Javante Williams could be the 1.1, but I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, this is where I struggle because you don't have to draft Devonta Smith this high. And it's like, you know, do I, do I, do I put chase here because they're very close and you can let Smith fall or do I show people how I, I value Smith. So it's always run into that dilemma when I'm doing this because there's two different ways you could go about it. Like how you recommend people draft. This is not because he just, he'll fall. You could trade down, but I still feel like he would be the, the best value in the end in hindsight, 50, you know, or uh, hindsight's, you know, obviously 2020. And early on, it looks like, you know, oh, he's, he's got bust material written all over him. Teams are doubting him. But I think in time, this guy... He, he erases all those concerns and doubts. So I'm going to go Smith. Absolutely. Uh, let's go Najee Harris. I'm just all about it. If you're at the, let's just say this is how you've got one through uh, 10 in a, in a draft. I'm, I'm always a running back heavy first to start it. I love Najee Harris's game. I think you got to put him number three. Um, okay. I don't, I don't blame you. I'm torn between Chase and Pitts here, but I think I would go Chase because I think he's going to be a top, you know, potential top five, top six, top seven wide receiver. He feels a lot like DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf kind of floats in the four to seven range for wide receivers, but because the wide receiver pool is so deep in 2021, that's not a bad place or disrespectful place to put DK. He could dance in the one to five all year long, but finish number six, number seven. But I'm going to put Chase here. I really wanted to go Pitts, but I'm going Chase. All right, let's go to, uh, like I said, this is my number one receiver coming out of here. Uh, let's go Jalen Waddle. Whoa, Pitts falls to me. Pitts is the one guy that I think you could argue right here. If you're in a tight end premium, you go straight to the top. But if you're in just a normal league, I think he's arguable at three or four for sure. And so, you know, but this might be the way you see if you draft now and your and your league mates are not like, you know, on to the whole pits hype, which it's kinda of hard not to be at this point, but you might you might see him fall to five or six, but I, I, I firmly believe this is the latest you'll ever see him on the regular. Like this would be this would be the cutoff point. But Yep. And, Man, uh, I so- might throw but Trevor Lawrence, man, I, I think he's the real deal. And especially teaming up with Urban, I think he could be really, really good. It's early for a quarterback, but I think there's after you after I think you get past Pitts, you've got to start dropping talent 
uh, as far as positional players go. So I'd rather go up there and take a Trevor Lawrence and pray that he turns out to be, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, somewhere right around in there. I'm going to go Javonta Williams. This guy is literally um, the biggest uh, value change potential out of anybody we've talked about. Like, Williams could go literally 1.01 if he lands in Miami. If he lands in Miami, he lands in Pittsburgh, Javonta Williams will vault more than anybody on this board and be talked yep. about as the 1.1, which is crazy to see him at 8 when he could go 1.1. You know, like if he went to Miami, where would you rank him on this board? You don't have to put him one like you like ETN. I like ETN too. But where would you right. put him on this board if he was in Miami? Or better spot. If you, if you like a better if there's a better spot you envision. At that point, I love where my the direction Miami's taking minus the quarterback, but just volume alone and what Gaskin did with just opportunity last year, God, I mean, he's one or two. He's, I don't know how we, depending on Etienne's or uh, Harris's position, Williams would be one or two no matter what in Miami. Yeah. Okay, number number nine. Uh, we've got, let's see, we've got Bateman left. We've got Rondell Moore. We've got Terrence Marshall. We've got uh, Elijah Moore. Uh, right. Running back, we you got might... Sermon, Hubbard, Carter, Gainwell. A lot of people like Gainwell. You might think I'm crazy on here. And again, I say that a lot, but I love Michael Carter, depending on situations. Carter, okay. So that leaves me with either Bateman, Moore, Marshall, Chuba Hubbard, Sermon. I think until we see uh, Chuba Hubbard's landing spot, we got to be realistic with where we take him, and then we take him in a crafty place where he can explode. So I think Sermon or Marshall would be my pick here. Or well, I like Zach Wilson a lot, but probably go. God, I mean Bateman, Moore, and Marshall are all hard to determine who's gonna like Bateman. A lot of people are on the Bateman train right now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Marshall for now, but I, I I could totally see myself switching this up like every ten minutes. Who would you have gone? I think this will be fun because there's a lot of parity between on this list. I mean, you can move people up and down, and you can have real and nice rational thought process of why you would want to do this on this list. Uh, do you want to do the moving around thing? I mean, you don't have to. I mean, on this one, I mean, we could do this all day with the moving around. It is, yeah. I mean, I, for the sake of time, I think we can move on. But I just think this is a good general idea of what we want to do. Yeah. I think the only things that stand out to me are Pitts being too low by about one or two spots. Devonta and Smith I agree with look, that. Devonta Smith looking probably a little high by one or two spots. But that's just where I see in the end how history is going to tell it. So. Make sure you draft Smith lower than number two. Like a lot of the chat already, I've seen people say, you know, depends on where he lands or that's a little high or rookie. You're valuing rookies too high. So these are all rookies, but people assuming I'm, I'm making him out to be a top five wide receiver already. It's how I feel. And but I think you need to make sure you get him at the right spot. And Smith should go three or four, maybe even five in some cases. Some people might even take Waddle over Smith and I don't blame them. 
more than likely you'll see Harris go one or two. You'll see ETN go one or two. Um, I think Jamar Chase could potentially be the consensus three. I think Pitts is the consensus four. Waddle, the consensus five. And then, you know, Javonta Williams is the wild card that can go anywhere in there depending on where he goes. But interesting mock draft, to say the least. I'm going to move over to the other side. So give me one here. So Grant, uh, what else you want to talk about? Well... I will say one thing, Julian Edelman's uh, retirement, I wouldn't say surprised a lot of people. Having said that, it did take me off guard. You just kind of always knew it down in my heart. If the Patriots released him, he was going to be in uh, New England South, which would be Tampa Bay, reunite with Brady. But it looks like he's going to hang up the cleats. He's had a phenomenal career. But I guess the question is, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Um, So uh, I did touch on that at the beginning of the show. And, and the, no, yeah, so the, it's good to bring it up again because I want to get your perspective. Uh, let me see where what, where was that? Edelman. There we go. Um, honestly, like I said at the beginning, no one knows. And I think that the, the line to get into the, the Hall of Fame is a long line that will only get longer as Julian Edelman waits. And I don't think he's one of those players because there's so much concern about it. I don't think he's one of those players that's going to move up the line as the line gets bigger, you know? Like, oh, here are a bunch of people that are Hall of Fame worthy, but Elvin's more Hall of Fame worthy. He's going to slowly get pushed back and further and further away from the gates. But the only thing that I think could maybe change that are some of the rules they have in place. Like, so many players can only enter when you have so many you know older players so many years back. There's all kinds of ways he could eventually get in. And, you know, if you break things down from like a slot receiver perspective or playoff perspective, you can make the arguments that Edelman's one of the better wide receivers in playoff history. Rice was number one, but you can make an argument that he was like the second best or third best or whatever wide receiver in playoff history or most important slot receiver or second or third most important slot wide receiver. He's always going to be tied to Tom Brady, so he's going to stay kind of relevant, but time will make him forgettable in a lot of context it that's the way it always is like look at people not talking about um rod smith or heinz ward a lot of guys that get brought up when you start talking about players that that deserve to get in and don't or so you know i don't know what, what are your thoughts i think if you look at the the cumulative body of work i think he is a hall of famer he's not a first I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but it, he might get in in year nine or ten, maybe. And I think a lot of that would be when Tom Brady retires, he might go in with Brady at the same time because I think Brady's going to push for him. Yeah. What he, if you if you really take a look at the, the the catches, the yards, what he did in the playoffs, three Super Bowl rings, uh, Pro Bowls, I think the statistics say he's there. But if you look at him through the eye test, is he a Calvin Johnson? Is he one of those just like phenomenal, wow, raw talent guys? Absolutely not. He was just a hardworking guy that just did everything right and accumulated great stats and was a great player. But he didn't just wow you in any facet of the game. I guess the problem I have with it is that there's only so many people that can get into the Hall of Fame. The talent level needs to be like unquestionable. 
And to me, Edelman's not an unquestionable elite talent that the NFL couldn't have lived without. Um, I just feel like, you know, could he end up getting in through these weird perspectives of playoff wide receiver or yeah. Cause I don't know the determining factor sometimes as to when they throw a guy in the hall of fame, they could, they could, if they approach it like how, as a slot wide receiver he's the number one. Yeah. Then I could see that being argued, you know, in time just depends on how you look at it, man. I, I feel like, I feel like I can get convinced. A couple of people have good arguments that, that make sense. And I get kind of sway toward, okay, I can see that. And then I, I hear an argument you know, like that, like there's just too many good players that aren't getting in. Like, and when you put him next to those players that aren't getting in, he can't get in, you know? So like, then I start getting swayed the other way. So it just comes down to like the way you look at it. And if you're looking at the full body of work, no, if you're looking at the isolated pieces that he was a lead at playoff production, Super Bowls, MVP, right. um, you know, then yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, so he didn't make any Pro Bowls, and that's my None. fault on that. I mean, oh, now None he problem. wasn't all 2014, that doesn't really count. So I didn't misspeak on that one. Yeah, no pro, I, I didn't even hear you say that. No Pro Bowls, yeah, he's been yeah. in no Pro Bowls. Oh. Kind of hard to make, in my opinion, kind of make the Hall of Fame without, without that piece. But then again, people make the Hall of Fame without winning championships or an MVP and you know, Super Bowl MVP and all that. So, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know, it's a, it's a tough debate. Um, Tony, the Tigers coming on here in about T minus uh, 10 minutes. We're going to be talking about um, Deshaun Watson, new updates on that. I'm going to kind of leave some of that for Tony because he's going to speak to it. But any any really like you want to gloss over it real quickly, any any feeling on the Deshaun Watson case, anything changed for you or are you still feeling like it's like a almost near 0% chance that this guy plays 2021? I, I think it's a point zero 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 one percent chance he plays football in twenty twenty one. And and what about in the future? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think he's done. I, I cannot fathom a situation of where he plays football again. The way right. the NFL is, in the way their stances on on sexual assault and everything else, you just there's just too many allegations. There's too much around this. I, I just can't see how he's going to play anymore. Yeah, it's tough to imagine, man, to be honest. And there's a lot of reasons why um, this could go back in a positive direction for Watson. Um, but there's more reasons for this to go in, in, a, in a very, very bad place for him. Number one. Yeah, in the, yeah go ahead. I was going to say, number one, there's 22 cases, and they're going to consolidate those. But consolidating and class action are two very different things. And so Tony's going to break that down and talk about why that is. And, and I'm going to ask him about, well, what happens if in a class action suit, if three or four people come out later, um, that, that uh, those potentially can't, they can't like pursue anything because the class action covers that. Um, but class actions do have to have like a blanket, uh, uh, opportunity for every potential victim. And so in this case, Tony was saying that the class action was highly unlikely because you'd have to get a hold of and make aware uh, all the potential victims. And that was going to be hard and unlikely to do, or at least for, I guess, a, a judge to certify it as a class action, but it's going to be consolidated. So we'll talk about whether with Tony, whether that means that other cases can reemerge. So if it's consolidated, but then 
down the road four other people come out after that then he's got to deal with this all over again with four new cases that are completely separate so i'm going to break that down with tony and if that's the case which i'm i'm kind of wondering if it is then he's this consolidation thing is not going to be anything that that gets him out of you know future accusations so he'll be right back at square one the moment somebody but we'll, we'll talk to tony about that see what he thinks um, I agree with you. I think very, very small chance. I still put it at like a one or two percent chance. The only reason I say that is that if the Houston Police Department does deem this not to be pursuable, they close the case, that sends this away from any kind of criminal track. And uh, like Tony uh, advised us that it, there will be no criminal charge at all from the civil side of it because there were certain certain actions had to have taken place, physical actions if you know what i mean bro that if those if things went the distance in certain ways that would be criminal and so what tony's saying is that this potentially would come out as as a as a misdemeanor and it wouldn't be a criminal offense even if he's found guilty in the civil court arena and so therefore you're not looking at criminal charges so the idea of him getting back into the league with a closed investigation on the criminal side but even a guilty on the the civil side could open the door to him playing in 2022 2023 but playing in 2021 seems really really hard to imagine because how are you gonna even if you consolidate these cases which is what i think the the intention is to get it to move quickly rather than fight each one of them individually fight them together i don't know how that's going to work or how much it'll speed it up that's what tony will talk about but you know it'll it'll be well, interesting, uh, and, and especially look at what they did with Adrian Peterson whenever he was disciplining his kid. You know there was no criminal charges ever filed against him, but yet the NFL suspended him for a year. You're talking about 22 counts of sexual assault. There is a stark difference between sexual assault and what people deem disciplining your kid with the switch is. Yeah. So this is just so much more extreme. And in the NFL, you're you're guilty until you're proven innocent. And they will suspend you before, before anything. Yeah, you know, I, I just I can't see how it happens. I made a trade, Grant, in a dynasty league. Um, did you, I don't know if you saw that that video? Yeah, but I I traded. You did, or didn't? No, I did not see it. Okay, uh, I traded Watson for um, Josh Allen, and I had to get. So I traded Watson for Josh Allen, but I had to give up. Oh, what am I doing? That looks like greater than. No. No. <laughs> I traded Watson for Allen and I had to surrender. So what I did and I created a video on how to trade Deshaun Watson, especially in Dynasty, obviously, because redraft you don't you don't own him yet. Um you you go after a upgraded quarterback, like upgraded from Deshaun Watson playing. Like if Watson was playing and everything, there's no news on him, who's an upgrade? Herbert, potentially. Uh, uh, Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, you could argue, you could argue, someone might argue Burroughs even or something, but you want to at least get somebody that was at his level or higher before any of this news broke. And so yeah, you can't Murray. do that straight up, right? No one's going to do that. But if you start there and then you add pieces in, you can make someone look at this Deshaun Watson. Right now, if I showed you this, Grant, you'd say, why in the hell would I take the risk on Watson? He may never play again. But if I start weighing that side of the scale with first rounders, whatever, or one first rounder, you start going, 
Watson could come back, you know, and I'm getting a first rounder. So you dilute the risk having another player involved. So I traded a first rounder and a second rounder in 2022 on a team that I feel can win now. Uh, So I feel like they're late first and second round picks, but it's one first rounder, one second rounder, 2022 and Josh Allen or and Watson for Josh Allen. What do you think of that? I would do that in a heartbeat considering if, Watson was your starting quarterback. He's not going to play this year. You, you're desperate at the situation. You're getting a top three overall quarterback. I think it's phenomenal. I, when it comes to dynasty, I am all about kicking the can down the road and figuring it out later to try to win now. Uh, this is my team. This is my team. Josh Allen at quarterback, Alvin Kamara at running back, Christian McCaffrey at running back, Barkley at running back, trash, trash, Hollywood Brown. <laughs> it, it's a it's a yeah, unique top four. I think just win it, win it for you if they're all healthy. And it's an expert league. It's a money league, and it sucked because I had McCaffrey and Barkley both go down. This 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 team finished awful. It finished probably last or second to last. I don't know where I finished. I I, it's not, I got depressed watching it. Um, and I wasn't in it, so I stopped paying attention to it because I wasn't even in the playoffs. But I lost Barkley. I lost CMC. You can't recover from that. And that's the risk of doing a three-headed monster type approach. But I had an opportunity to trade uh, Barkley for the 1.1. I didn't do it because I want to still continue on the path of the three-headed monster. But I couldn't do that with Watson. It was really holding me back. So... That 2022 first rounder and 2022 second rounder, unless like two of these guys go down again, I'm not giving up a 1.1, a 1.2, So I'm totally fine getting Allen and making a run. And and just so people know, it's an expert league. It's super competitive. And not a lot of trades happen. I accumulated this th- the three-headed monster about a year and a half ago. Uh, so I didn't get to play a full season with them. So I was coming into 2020. Very excited to be deploying the Camara McCaffrey Barkley three-headed monster, arguably the top you know one, two, and three overall picks from last year. So I was pumped. Everyone and their grandmother was like, "This team can't lose. It's the best team I've ever seen." And then now, when I show it to people one year later, they're like, "You got you got to get wide receivers." I'm like, "No crap, man! How you expect to have a wide receiver left when you trade into three top what at the time were top three running backs?" <laughs> so. No, I agree with you. But we'll see what I do on that. I, I Hollywood Brown is my best wide receiver. I've got guys like Conley and John Brown, a bunch of trash. Um, but if I cultivate Grant, if I find the next James Robinson at the wide receiver position, if I could figure out how to finagle uh, another you know, future first rounder somehow with Hollywood Brown to get my hands on somebody like CeeDee Lamb or something, which is highly unlikely. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to try and navigate up into uh, a better wide receiver but you know if not i still think i could hang and we'll see what happens i'll let you know what, how i do well it sounds good man smitty i enjoyed it i've got to got to take off but we will see you next next week yep go follow grantland you can find him at grantlandpart2.com and on instagram grantlandpart2 and i uh, appreciate you grant best intern that i have and everybody says so they, they like all my other interns they like jp they like media but they do always say, bring in Grant, let him talk more. You always talk over Grant. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to set the tone for my intern. No doubt.
I think we're going to be taking the plane up next week, so I'll try to get you some footage of uh, some other stuff we're trying oh, to do later. Oh, Grant, enough with the fake backgrounds, man. What do you got behind I'll, you I'll, today, real quick? What is what is that? So I'm in my office, so I had a bunch sure. of uh, cabinet guys were kind of – we just moved into our new house, and so we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. But I'm in my office, so I've got my Yordan, got LaDainian Tomlinson. This is Peyton. fake. Uh, where am I going? This, this is way. fake. And then they've got uh, Rick Vaughn. Give me the heater. So those are my jerseys in my office right now. This is fake. My, I know all of it's Johnny Manziel over there. Best Photoshopper in the business. Absolutely. All right, Grant. Talk to you, talk to you later. All right. Thanks, week. Bye. Bye. That's Grant, the myth, the legend. Grant, uh, let's send Tony this link. Uh, I apologize for the choppy um, audio and video, especially when, when I connect. But let me see if I can get Tony in here. And see if Tony uh, is going to have a good connection with me. So one second while I drop Tony the link. Here you go, Tony. And Tony will be dialing here shortly. So get your Deshaun Watson questions going. I'll try and uh, read off as many questions as I can about Deshaun Watson and the situation. But uh, definitely... Definitely feel like uh, Tony's going to enlighten us regardless of what I think I know about this case. Tony always seems to drop uh, some knowledge that's pretty darn good and tough to rival. So I'm excited for Tony to join us. And let's get uh, let's get some questions going for Tony. So in the chat, drop drop some comments and we'll see if we can we can ask Tony some of the, 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 the big questions that are on everyone's mind. And let's not leave anything out. So think deeply about this. What do we need to know? What can Tony answer for us? Bring Grant in, bro. Johnny Foosball, nice touch. Feels like I'm on a Tinder date. First question, how much money I make? I'm not sure what you mean, Forrest. Don't worry about my business trick. I don't know what you're saying. I think you're talking to somebody. Okay, uh, I don't know what, how you guys felt about this uh, rookie mock, but I'll before we get Tony on to talk to Sean Watson, I'll, I'll go over this until he dials in. But ETN, I feel like ETN, ETN has the potential to be an elite running back. I think Najee Harris could be, I don't want to call him elite, I want to say he could be maybe 8 to 12, 8 to 14 overall. So Brandon says, aren't all the women in the Houston area? So why aren't they from other states? Because a lot of it would take place like, you know, when he'd be in Houston, bro, because he's in Houston half the time, if not more. I'm reading messages backwards. I know. I didn't know there was a continuation of a big old long conversation for us, to be honest. Uh, ETN, I like the ETN one overall. I think Harris could be the one overall. It depends on the landing spots. Like, for example, if ETN falls to Miami versus, uh, let's say, um, Buffalo, and and Harris falls to the Steelers, where there's some offensive line issues, uh, but, you know, good opportunity. Where do you guys rank in the chat? Drop, drop a, a vote here. ETN in Miami or Najee Harris in Pittsburgh? 
And those are two very, very likely landing spots for both of these guys. I keep saying Arizona is my like one of my spots. I really hope that these these guys could fall to, but the the more likely landing spots I think are Miami and Pittsburgh for both of them. I think Buffalo's a, a potential spot, but I'd love to know what you guys think. Etn in Miami or Harris in Pittsburgh? Who would you rather take? Who would you take one point one if? You, in fact, uh, were in that situation. You're sitting there at 1.1. ETN lands in Miami and Harris lands in Pittsburgh. Drop your vote in the chat. I think I would go ETN without much hesitation. I think ETN's the real deal. I think he gets fed a ton. Um, I think uh, I think if Harris were to go to Miami and ETN were to go to Pittsburgh, I would rather have probably rather have Harris. Um, I love ETM, but I don't know that that Pittsburgh situation is going to be very, very good at the quarterback position long-term, obviously. So how, how the heck do we prepare for ETN catching passes from a quarterback when we don't know who the future quarterback is going to be? I think Buffalo is an intriguing option for a, a, a player like ETN or Harris. I don't know that Buffalo is, is the best spot, but Harris better floor, ETN higher ceiling, says Dollar Bill. Najee coming home to the Bay. ETN, no matter where they go over Harris, I don't. I'm not mad at that at all, bro. I love, I love ETN. I think he's the better running back. I don't think he's too small. I think those are kind of ridiculous claims when you see the guy on the field. He is built very, very uh, compactly and strong. He's he's very, very strong. He's very powerful. I'd say he's more powerful than any back in this draft. And and so when he's tagged as a you know, maybe not fit to be a full-time between the tackles runner. I just laugh because ETN is 100% capable of being a full-time running back up the middle on top of being the best receiving running back in this entire draft class. I think ETN is by far the number one receiving back in this draft class. So I like the 1.1 slot for ETN. And in fact, if I'm drafting today blindly, I don't know, you know, what team I have. I don't know what landing spots these guys will have. I do take ETN 1.1 right now. I do take Smith and Jamar Chase. Harris is ranked third because Grant and I did this together. And, uh, you know, I have I have ETN, Smith, and Chase, or ETN, Chase, and Smith. I have Pitts next. Uh, I might have Harris at three, depending on his landing spot. And I might put Pitts, you know, at four or five, depending on his landing spot. So, so much of it depends, but... You're not crazy to take Pitts number two or three. I don't think that's crazy at all. I think uh, I think he totally, totally, totally warrants getting picked in the top three. And if you're in a tight end premium, forget about it. You know, Pitts is a, a elite talent. Tony's going to be coming in here hot. Coming in soon. Tony the Tiger. Get ready. Uh, I'm going to go live on Instagram real quick. And uh, let everybody know that Tony... Is on his way. What live Watson talk? All right, ready? We're gonna we're gonna drop it on Instagram real quick. What's up, Instagram? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show, and boy, do we have a treat for you! Right, right, uh, right. YouTube, we're live on YouTube. You're live on Instagram. Um, the fantasy football show live is bringing Tony on board here shortly. And Tony is going to talk about Deshaun Watson. Tony is going to talk about all the things going on, the potential 
uh, uh, issues that Deshaun Watson is now facing or not facing due to the consolidation of the case. There's a lot going on. So you need to join me right now on smitty1.com or go to the actually go to the fantasyfootballshow.com. It'll take you right to my YouTube channel, thefantasyfootballshow.com. And get ready because Tony the Tiger, Tony the attorney, is on his way. And we're going to talk Deshaun Watson. We're going to talk about the case consolidation. We're talking about the odds of him playing. Tony said last time he was on the show about a week ago that he thought there was a 2% chance that Deshaun Watson would play in 2021. He thought there was a 50% chance at most of Deshaun Watson ever playing football again. We're going to ask Tony the attorney, Tony the Tiger, what he thinks those odds are as of today with the two supposed wins that the the Watson camp had uh, when they got awarded the uh, the ability to consolidate the cases. They um, uh, they awarded Deshaun Watson the right to face his accuser. So in the anonymous claims, the people that are making the claim have to now... Uh, Big Drew, I need a red hat. Okay, Big Drew, DM me on Instagram. Um, I'm going to be selling these hats, doing customs. So if you guys want to have like your player names all over... That will be coming soon. I'm trying to get everything organized. The Fantasy Football Show Live is taking up a bunch of my time. So we're just trying to get things going. I was literally looking for your live, Smitty. Finally made it. Uh, Axe, go to thefantasyfootballshow.com, Axe, because I'm going to end this live, and Tony the Tiger will be on. So get on over there right now, thefantasyfootballshow.com. Tony's coming on here like any minute, and we're talking to Sean Watson. Um, so join me there, Smitty. I'll keep you. I'll keep it. I'll keep it open for a second, but join me over at smitty1.com. I want to see you guys filing in. ETN, Chase, Lawrence, Pitts for me. That's your order. ETN, Chase, Lawrence, Pitts. What about Devonta Smith, bro? What about Devonta Smith? Harris has a better floor. Says Dollar Bill. Already read that, but I want to put that on screen. Harris has a better floor. ETN, higher ceiling. I, I can get behind that. I think I think ETN has a little bit more risk, but he has the upside to be a top five running back, whereas Harris feels six to seven to ten worthy like i said a good example would be um marshawn lynch never top one to two to three but you know lynch was always like a seven to 12 or seven to 15 overall pick and that's respect you know i'm putting respect on harris's name there if harris is in a good location harris could be a top 14 overall pick etn was either going to be a a bottom you know 25 running back or he's going to be number five it is tough to know. Uh, Forrest says Smith is too small. Disagree 1,000% Forrest. Devonta Smith is not too small. Devonta Smith is going to be electric. He is going to, in my opinion, be eventually a top 1-5 to five wide receiver in the NFL and give him only a year to get there with the way rookies progress these days. Obviously, landing spot will de- depend on on uh, you know how quickly he can get there, but I do think Devonta Smith more so than Chase will basically still produce. Um, guys like Calvin Johnson still produce. Guys like Hopkins still produced, um, and I think Devonta Smith is a morph between Hopkins and you could say, God, who? How would you, he's he's such a tough person to compare um, with other players, but like a Hopkins meets. Um, He's like a combination of so many people. Um, and and I think we'll be comparing Devonta people to Devonta Smith, uh, not the other way around. But, you know, I don't even think it's a hot take. 
I don't even think it's a hot take at all. I think anybody doubting Devonta Smith, no offense for us, but they're just set on this certain frame not working, going with the statistics, the profile, the player profile. People that look just at that can sometimes overlook those outliers. And just like Kyle Pitts is an outlier, meaning he will be one of the first uh, rookies to really explode as a tight end, and everyone says you can't do that. Tight ends don't do well their rookie year. That is an outlier, and you, I think you got to recognize when you're looking at an outlier. And so I think using profiles and stats and historical data to say that a 170-pound wide receiver can't do it when the physical talent's there. Like, they're, De- Devonta Smith was over 600 yards of he- ahead of every single college football player in yardage in FBS over 600 yards. The most recent wide receiver was 600 yards behind him. He is the best wide receiver in 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 press situations, in press coverage, yardage, receptions, and touchdowns, I believe all three. And the dude had 22 touchdowns in 1856. Amazing, amazing rookie, or amazing incoming rookie that, that, that dominated the college level, dominated everybody. Nobody came close to his stats, not even close. Like I said, over 600 yards back, it's crazy. And and everyone keep, keeps talking about his size. You can't touch him off the line of scrimmage. He's quick. He he does well in press situations more than, than any other situation. So everyone talking about his size, he's not going to get manhandled at the NFL level. If you want to talk about durability, if he gets hit over and over and over, that's your only case against Devonta Smith. Your your case should be that he breaks down, not that he won't be good or translate. Like Devonta Smith's talent level will make him a top five wide receiver at the NFL level. If the only argument someone has is that he will get hurt and break down quickly or something like that, or get hurt week year two or three or whatever. But to actually say he won't vault up to the top five, to me, is head-scratching because of the film. A lot of it's eye test, sure. But the stats are there more so than even the film. And he's a jump ball specialist that will dominate any jump ball that comes his way. He, like I said, knows how to work the sideline, run every route, dominated every cause statistical category that means anything. And, and is so amazing off of press coverage that it makes me just my jaw drop when people say that he's going to get manhandled by DBs at the line of scrimmage. It's absolutely crazy. I love Devonta Smith. I think Devonta Smith is going... I want to own him in every single dynasty league I have. And I can't wait for him to prove all of these. He's too small. Doubters wrong. Because the dude's got a chip on his shoulder already. You give a guy like that a chip... To wear on his shoulder. Say goodnight. Say goodnight. What's up Castillo? What's up uh, Richardson? What's up Shay? Smith or Waddle? I go, I go, or Chase or Waddle? Chase Smith or Waddle? I go Smith, Chase, then Waddle. Pretty big difference for me. Um, Upside will be Ridley, but he's only 175, so his health is concerning. A lot of people are going to say that. A lot of people won't like his his weight, and that's fine. That that makes him drop. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. He's speaking in a lot of absolutes, Forrest. You got he will never be de- uh, uh, deployed to be a top ten 
That's a lot of absolutes, bro. You're speaking in complete absolutes. Where do you get your information when you can speak to it with absolutes? Forrest, I mean, I know I'm kind of speaking in absolutes too, so I don't know. Take a lap, both of us. Where's my take a lap? Whoop. Take a Take a lap. Take a lap, both of us, for speaking in absolutes. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But I find it funny when people say he will not be. He cannot be. Devonta Smith cannot be a top five. Come on. Come on, Forrest. No. No, bro. No, you can't say that. <laughs> Pitts or Smith. That's a tough one. It depends on landing spot. But I, I love both, man. I My answer is both. Own both. Figure out a way to own both. Figure out a way to own both. I love Pitts. Love Pitts. Uh, guys, get on over to my YouTube, thefantasyfootballshow.com. Join me. Tony's coming on right now. All right, I ended my Instagram. Now we're waiting on the Tone Meister, Tony the Tiger. Let me see if he emailed me. Maybe he'll be late or something. Okay, he said he'd be a little late in the email. Okay, I'm leaving my office now. Okay, so Tony will be on in just a few minutes. He'll be a little late. It's no problem. We'll wait for Tony. Tony's important enough that uh, we can wait as long. I mean, we end the show in 50 minutes, but I don't care if he's on the last 15 minutes, last 30 minutes, last 25. Tony's coming. Don't leave. If you're in here and you leave, you will not get the information you need on Deshaun Watson. Tony's about to arrive. If you leave, you will not know. You can talk to your friends in a very intelligent way because everyone's going to be speaking all this hearsay and regurgitation of what other people are saying, like, oh, it's all fake or it's all... Tony's going to give you his best assessment from a legal perspective, from case law, from his experience with claims and reading the claims, the likelihood of somebody facing this many claims with the details that Tony has read in claims to know that, and this is, I believe what Tony is going to tell you, is that based on the 22 claims, it is extremely unlikely that Deshaun Watson will not be facing a criminal uh, advancement of this at either a summary judgment level, which is awful for him if it gets to summary judgment, but it's even worse if it goes to a trial. And I'll ask Tony again, given the details that Tony's read in 22 separate cases, consolidated or not, what are the odds of him getting out of this? If Instagram didn't notify me, I wouldn't have been here. YouTube didn't bother to notify me. Master Yoda, I'm live every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. You should know this. But I'm a, I am I appreciate you being here, and I'm glad I went over to IG. Uh, Smitty, when did you become a Niner fan? I'm not Danny. I have a bunch of Niner friends. I'm the one non-Niner in the quad box every Friday on Instagram when we do our lives there. Smitty, when did you first start watching the 49ers? I don't watch the 49ers like you think I watch them. I watch all football, bro, on fantasy first, then the Cardinals, and the Niners aren't even next, bro. I just am, I have a lot of Niner friends. Um, Tony the Goat, Tony the Goat is coming. 
that 2% keeps looking lower RIP. Smitty, when did you become a Niner fan? You keep asking that, Danny. It's not going to change my answer. It's not going to change my answer. Let's pull up the, the news, make sure there's nothing new cooking, and I will be reading uh, anything I see that looks fresh and crazy. Um, Kyle Pitts, many around the league anticipate the Falcons taking Florida tight end Kyle Pitts at number four overall. That's not new news. That's old news. If they trade out of that four pick, it's because somebody that wants Mac Jones or Trey Lance or like Denver, I predict Denver really badly makes their, it takes their biggest shot to try and get up to that four pick to take Lance. I think they want Lance bad. I think they'd settle for Mac Jones. But if anybody's moving up for a quarterback, it's going to probably be Denver. But if the Falcons don't trade down, Kyle Pitts is going to be potentially an Atlanta Falcon, which is good. There's a couple spots I like better. I like Cincy better. I like the Chargers way better. If I'm if I'm running that Char- Chargers organization, man, I'm getting on the horn and I'm saying, give me Kyle Pitts, give me Jamar Chase, give me Devonta Smith, give me one of these top three wide receiver pass catching playmakers and put them on my offense so that my boy Justin Herbert can grow like a grown man very, very fast. Justin Herbert is going to be electric and elite no matter what. He's got good weapons there anyway with Eckler, with uh, Keenan Allen. I think, uh, you know, you give Justin Herbert a Kyle Pitts, a Jamar Chase, or a Devonta Smith, and you're talking top two to three QB lock, even though he's kind of already there anyway. Um but that's that's where you that's where you value the man. But I, I, I freaking I'm excited about Herbert. I just, if Herbert could get his hands on a on an elite another elite pass catcher, it's gonna be off the hook. Broncos players have voted uh, to skip next week's voluntary OTA session. Um, lingering COVID concerns. It's gonna be interesting how COVID. Um, you know what's gonna go take place with COVID. Uh, this offseason, everyone's assuming that it's going to be in the rear view mirror. But, you know, the league's going to have to approach it very, very carefully still. The moment there's one outbreak, you're going to see a lot of things happen and, and things change directions very quickly. But I think the league will take it very cautiously. We talked about James Conner. Um, he suffered a, ter- a toe injury in an ATV accident. He's recovering from the surgery. Um He's a Cardinal now. What does that mean for for Chase Edmonds? I think it means that there's going to be an open competition. We don't know who's going to start week one. Probably would be Edmonds unless, you know, Connor looks extremely impressive because he's got to pick up the offense and pick up things, whereas Edmonds is already versed in it. So Edmonds has an advantage, but, you know, they can still draft a running back, even if it's like Chuba Hubbard or Carter or somebody like that later. The Cardinals are, are, I think, very, very interested in, in making sure the running back position feels more solid than it did last year. And they feel like they can throw to the running back more. So that's what makes me think they're still going to entertain getting a pass catching back in there, uh, whether it's later in the draft or, or earlier, if for whatever reason, ETN or, or Najee fell. Uh, Edelman retired. We talked about that. Teddy Bridgewater contract guarantee goes from 10 million to 17 million. If he's on the, the Panthers week one roster, um, the Panthers are expected to pick up Darnold's fifth-year option as a part of the team's commitment to their new franchise quarterback, um, which means that Bridgewater could take a pay cut and stay um, the backup in Carolina. <sighs> tough, tough to say what's going to happen there with with Bridgewater, but you know, 
I would like to see Bridgewater, if he gets cut, land with a team that has an awful quarterback situation. Um, you know, Denver's one. I don't know that I like Bridgewater much better than Locke, but, it, I mean, he's better. He's better. So, you know, or at least gives Denver an, an option. But Denver needs to do something at quarterback. Jerry Judy's on the verge of becoming a monster. He just needs to have a good quarterback. So, and then the news you have on the screen here that talks about Deshaun Watson. That's probably the most uh, interesting news that we're going to touch on with Tony the Tiger once he jumps on. We'll talk about uh, Deshaun Watson being very unlikely uh, to be traded while he's immersed in the legal troubles. Um, Isaiah Simmons, the best player. Hey, Smitty, what's, what are your thoughts on Ohio State big boy running back Trey Sermon? Good question. And if we pull up the mock draft that we did and we take a look at this bad boy. Let me move all this stuff over. Um, you know, Sermon, you could slot Sermon in at, I think, 9, 10, 11, anywhere in that range. If Sermon gets drafted to Miami or Pittsburgh or um, San Fran, like there are a lot of places where I think people could get excited about him. I feel like he also, you know, he's one of those players, even though he's very productive in college and looked very good, he feels very on the verge of either going, you know, one direction and never being a factor at the NFL level at all or sneaking into the James Robinson category of player that's overlooked and gets a shot and does really well and proves people wrong once again. Very James Robinson capable. I like Sermon. I like Sermon a lot, talent-wise. And he looks good. He looks the part. He's an aggressive runner. Put him on a team that can that can grind it out between the tackles and get good yards per carry, and Sermon would produce. So, you know, I, I see him in a place like Seattle. Like, I don't know, screenshot this, take a receipt. I think Seattle could take a stab at Sermon. I think Seattle does get a, a rookie in there that's kind of exciting. And because I don't believe in Chris Carson staying healthy for a full year, um, go forward or being disappointing with his fumbling or whatever, I could see a guy like Sermon getting drafted and finding a way onto that Seattle roster and figuring out a way to get starts at some point during the end of the year and looking really good heading into 2021. But if, if a big-name wide receiver does land in Seattle, I my prediction is they become a conversation piece to taking over the starting job entering 2021. And that's going to be like, oh, but Car- Carson's so good. But, you know, similar thing that I heard about Wentz when I said that Jalen Hurts before week one even came near. It was like way before week one. I said Jalen Hurts by the end of the year. My bold prediction with the Eagles is that he will be starting. And even if it's through injury or whatever, the conversation coming out of 2021 would be that Hurts would be named the starter. And it was like, over Wentz, you got to be kidding me. And the Eagles fans had the toughest time with that. I'm like, why, why, why do you have such a, a problem with that when it's still a, a part of your team? Like, I'm still talking about your player. But everyone loved Wentz. They thought no way he would, he would, he would be replaced. But I think Carson could be replaced very quickly if they drafted a, a Sermon. Thank you, Vic. I appreciate that. Um. Son ESPN Mel Kuyper has Pats taking Fields at 10. Oh my god, there's no way Fields drops to 10. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Watson lawyer got some of these. I'm begging. 
Uh, Jay Webb, you have to take Pitts over Waddle because both. Yeah, I for sure take Pitts over Waddle. I mean, it, it depends on where they land, but the goat says I'm a Seahawks fan and I don't trust Carson long term because his health and not great, and he seems like he will want money down the line. Yep, goat. I I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't know why I get such big pushback on Carson. Like, I feel like that's the one player that I should have. A lot of people agreeing with me on and the goat. He's a Seahawks fan. He agrees. Don't trust him. I don't trust him. Sermon gets on that team. Boom. Give him a year. And he's starting. Uh, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Um, Carter even. Carter's a tough one because I don't know if he's big enough. Same thing with uh, Gainwell. Like if Gainwell had more weight. But I don't know. You put those guys in that situation with Carson in front of them. Maybe Gainwell can gain momentum I think Gainwell is a good potential option there thank you big dog I appreciate that hey Smitty if you have two top four picks are you taking two QBs in a super flex dynasty rookie draft uh Nicholas can you give me more details on your team what you have at quarterback already it doesn't necessarily make me go quarterback, quarterback. A lot of people will do that. Just uh, super flex. Got to do it. Like I'll take, I'm, I'm taking Lawrence with one of those picks if he's there, but I'm taking probably Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase or Pitts or ETN with that other pick. I don't, unless you have no quarterbacks, if you've got one quarterback and you can get Lawrence, I'm going that route because I think that'll eventually help your team more. But I don't think I could pass on getting one of those players with Trevor Lawrence. Um, now, Trevor Lawrence is gone. Um, do I take Wilson in one of those guys? Maybe, but it depends on who you have at quarterback. If you've got two really good quarterbacks, I probably would take advantage of Wilson and Lawrence going early, and then you get the cream of the crop. You could go ETN and... Hey Tony, I'm gonna to put you on speaker here. Hey Smitty. Hey, you're you're live on the fantasy football show. <laughs> Hi buddy, how are you? Pretty good. I uh, appreciate you jumping on, Tony. And I know I know you got a lot of things going on today, so um, you know you can jump whenever you need to jump. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, so news today. Um, not big news, but news today from uh, Peter King reports that uh, a trade. For Deshaun Watson's unlikely because of all the the legal troubles. That's 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 no news. We knew that. But the, before that, the report before that suggested two things um, that update the case from when you were on last. And one of the things was that the cases are being consolidated reportedly into one big case. Um, and then the other part of it, I'll speak to after you address this. Um, so t- can you tell us a little bit about how that's different from a class action? And, and my guess would be, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in a consolidated situation, that doesn't protect Watson from any future claims. So if four or five other people come out of the woodwork a month from now, he's going to be back at square one in terms of defending himself. But if you could just explain consolidation and, and what that does to your thinking, and do you think Watson has a higher probability of playing from your last guess, which was 2% chance he plays 2021? Well, based on the consolidation itself, no, I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference. 
Um, consolidation, uh, the, the best way to think of it is let's do something that makes it easier to develop the facts uh, because most of the cases are going to be quite similar, but then each case is still unto itself. So it's really just a matter of convenience, primarily for the lawyers and in, to some degree the judge. Um, and one of the things that you hope to avoid when you do consolidation is forcing either side, either the plaintiffs or the defendants, into taking positions that are um, clearly contradictory to what they would be in one of the other similar cases. So, again, to, to, to oversimplify it, it's really just a matter of convenience, primarily relating to discovery and motion practice. So, in, in a it's, sense, in a sense, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but if let's say of the 22 cases against Deshaun Watson in a consolidated setting if 10 of them ended up being fabricated or completely miss, you know, t- totally not an accurate, you know, claim or whatever, um, that doesn't affect any of the other situ- cases individually. That, yeah, that's correct. Direct, in, in terms of direct effect, no, there's none at all because each case is still unto itself. Okay. Whereas in a class action, being a member of the class essentially means that you are bound by whatever determinations are made relating to the class. Gotcha. So this is definitively not a class action. It's simply a, a matter of bringing the cases all in front of one judge. Now, is, is that being done to speed things along, obviously, so that Watson can try and get on the field quicker? Because if this was 22 cases individually, he's not touching the field in week one. But if they could speed it along and let's say he is innocent and proves that, then he could get on the field quicker. Is that basically the the reason to consolidate? Yeah. Um, y- yes and no, because you have to remember the plaintiffs have to agree to the consolidation also. So it's not simply a matter of what does Deshaun Watson's counsel want. Um, is it likely that you could achieve some efficiencies because of the consolidation? Yeah, sure. Uh, again, primarily related to discovery and motion practice. So, for example, let's let's assume that, um, you know, one of the elements that the plaintiffs would have to prove is that Mr. Watson actually received a massage from each individual plaintiff. The both sides could enter into a stipulation that he, in fact, did so. No, that presumes that he knows all 22 names. Um and that, and because it would be in front of one judge, it could apply to all 22 cases and could be done in one simple pleading or filing. And that's the kind of efficiencies that can be achieved through consolidation. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, so, so, so you're, you're saying no, no more likelihood than the 2% chance you gave it last time you were on that he plays 2021 or has it changed at all? Well, the consolidate, again, I want to try to answer that precisely. The consolidation itself, I don't think, makes hardly any difference at all, minimal at best. But I will say I watched the um, the video of his attorney doing that press conference that took about an hour. And I, I feel compelled to say his attorney strikes me as a brilliant guy. Um, he's, a you know, a, a little bit obtuse when it comes to social media Mm -hmm. but this idea of admitting that there was some degree of consensual sexual events Mm -hmm. is absolutely brilliant 
And frankly, most attorneys would be too afraid to do it. But I think that it fundamentally changes the case. And the reason I say that is it, it takes away the idea that Watson is going to try to argue, oh, none of this ever happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- these people are all lying. The idea of 22 young women lying separately is, you know, obviously troublesome. So I think his attorney did exactly what he needed to do and what I thought most attorneys would be afraid to do, which is to say, look, he had consensual relations with some of these women. Um, And the reason that's important is it downplays the idea of some sort of pure sexual imposition. Mm -hmm. Now, we come back to, if you recall when we talked last time, I talked about simple battery. I think that for... And keep it, keep it, keep it uh, to uh, as clean as you can. We'll talk about it like a, a, a event or encounter. <laughs> I, I understand, buddy. I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. Um, simple battery is any offensive uh, touching of another individual. Mm-hmm. Based on the allegations that have been made in at least some of the complaints, I, I have to say again, I think that a reasonable prosecutor would be able if he or she chose to, to go forward with uh, pursue an indictment for simple battery. And that is a class D felony under Texas law. And that can lead to up to one year in prison for each offense. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that with Deshaun's counsel admitting that there were consensual sexual events, mm-hmm. I think that it changes the political atmosphere and makes it much more possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but much more possible that he could try to resolve. Shit, sorry. <laughs> uh, motion. Um, sorry. No, it makes it more possible that he can um, try to settle mm-hmm. the civil claims. And frankly, he can try to settle those as quickly as possible. Now, will he be able to get those resolved? You know, who knows? Now this is all this is all civil track that we're talking right now. Like we haven't even mentioned the criminal aspect. So everything you're saying well, here, no, not not quite. Let me okay. again. Let me clarify. Yeah. When I'm ta- when I'm talking about simple battery, that is in fact criminal. But in terms of where the case actually is at the right. moment, as opposed to where it could go. It is currently purely civil. There yeah. are no criminal charges that have been filed. Right. That 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 was my point. Yeah. Sorry if I misworded yeah. that. So right now we're talking as if this thing is not being pursued on the, in the criminal like world arena. Um, what are correct. the so so if we were to say that the Houston Police Department comes and says we're closing the investigation, we're not pursuing this. This is what you're speaking to right now. So in that scenario what would you put the odds of Deshaun playing in 2021 and the odds of him playing in the future? If you had to just guess um, based on as if the Houston police department closed the criminal investigation. Yeah. Let me restate it so that it's precise in light of Watson's attorney's decision to admit sexual contact. Mm-hmm. The, the effect that that has on the political concept, the, the political stance, the ethos of the case mm-hmm. And presuming that the prosecuting attorney in Harris County determined that he or she did not want to go forward with criminal indictments, mm-hmm. I think I think we're in a, a much better scenario for Mr. Watson 
and I would frankly say that he's had he's probably got maybe a, a third chance with 33% chance of playing this year. Okay. And I know that sounds horribly inconsistent with what I said before, but again, here's the variable that I was not counting on. His attorney did exactly what he needed to do. Exactly what he needed to do, which is to admit that there was some degree of sexual contact. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, let, let, let's let's just put the cards on the table. Are there is, is there a reasonable presumption that a comparatively attractive young lady might be interested in some sort of intimacy with the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, who happens to be a very good-looking guy? Yeah, that certainly can happen. And, is and, there it, is- and it's all going to be hearsay at this point. Like, To your knowledge, is there any kind of evidence of any kind that would – like corroboration of another individual that you've seen or heard um, about in these cases that you've looked at or, you know, anybody that you know has talked to you about it, that there's evidence other than the hearsay piece of it? Uh, To to try to be as direct as possible, no. I'm not aware of any independent corroboration. Mm -hmm. All of the claims are based entirely on the firsthand testimony of the claimants. Now, just so you know, technically that's not hearsay. Okay. It, it is evidence. Yeah. True. Now, whether the jury chooses to believe it is another matter. But it's it's straightforward evidence. It's going to be admissible. They are allowed to make their, their prima facie case based on their firsthand knowledge. They can get in front of the jury and testify to what they recall happening. And then it's up to the jury to determine whether or not the jury believes the witness. So, so if you had to guess... What are the odds that a criminal case it proceeds on that along that avenue and they don't close the investigation? What are the odds that based on the claims you've seen and read that they could like what are the odds that they would say, okay, we're not gonna pursue this when there's twenty two of these sitting there, whether whether they admitted, you know, encounters or not, you know, to not look into it from a criminal perspective, like what are the odds? Well, you know, the, the reality is who the hell knows. I yeah. mean, um, I, I'm not a wizard. I can't predict the future. I can give you uh, what I would describe as an edu- educated guess based on my personal experience, which, again, I don't do criminal. I do civil. Mm-hmm. But here's what I would say. If Deshaun Watson can somehow convince all 22 of these claimants to agree to a settlement soon then obviously the political pressure to go forward with any sort of mm-hmm. criminal matter is i mean almost entirely dissipated the, the odds of a criminal matter going forward under that set of circumstances are almost zero but there's an admission yeah. of guilt too in that right so if he's if you settlement yeah if you settle it all isn't there a certain level of, of admission you're, you're saying that part of these claims are true or um no Legally, you're not admitting to anything. In fact, I can guarantee you that each one of the releases, which is the document that the plaintiff would sign to say, yes, in exchange for the money, I'm releasing my claims. Mm -hmm. I'll guarantee you that every single release will include a denial of any wrongdoing of any kind. That's interesting. Legally, that's what it means. Now, outside the legal arena and Mm -hmm. in the real world where public opinion is allowed to choose whatever it wants – yeah, when you settle 22 cases, most people are going to say, yeah, he probably did it. 
It's interesting um, how this could play out and go in a different direction very swiftly and sharply, like you said. This the attorney's oh, yeah. attorney's deci- decision to do that may 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 turn this thing around. And, and you know, I, I don't I don't say that lightly because if if there are like this is a bad situation regardless. Like if there's lying going on, this is horrible for Deshaun Watson in his career and his reputation and all that. No one deserves this. If it is in fact you know fabrication on an extreme level across all 22. And if, if part of it's true, some of it's true, any of it's true, that's horrible because there's victims, victims involved. So like, there's no good ending for this. Um, pardon, pardon the pun. But I, I think that, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be, I don't see how this thing gets resolved in enough time. And I don't see how the league, given how the league, um, you know, says this is you're putting the league in a bad situation. We're going to take action. I don't see how the league doesn't suspend him for at least in a best case scenario, half the season or at least the full year. And then he comes back in 2022. I just don't see them. Even if he settled for, with all 22 cases, this is a bad light that the NFL feels like they've been put in and he made bad decisions to be reaching out and doing all these things that he was doing on Instagram and, and, you know, not making good decisions with how he goes about acquiring his services and potentially what he did and, and the fact that, you know, there were these claims, you know, at all. 22 of them is just so hard to to get around, you know. Like, it, it's not like it's one or two. It's 22. And, you know, I think the league takes action regardless. But, uh, you know, yeah. So last question I have really, Tony, is that if the, if the, criminal, ca- the criminal case is – whether they they move forward with the criminal case or not, do you believe that's going to be dependent on what happens on the civil side? Like, are you, are you thinking that they're waiting to do anything to see if, like you said, an agreements can be made, agreements can be made with all twenty two to put the criminal side of it, like, you know, um, I'm trying how to how to word this to alleviate the pressure, like you said, of moving forward from the criminal side and and. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Are they waiting? Like, or could a criminal, could the, the the decision to move forward on a criminal level with that investigation, could that happen before the civil stuff even gets worked out, though? Let me answer that last one first. Yes, it could happen. It can happen whenever the prosecutor decides to go forward. Now, to, to go back to the, the essence of the original question, um, this is another one where there's really, there, there's effectively two ways to answer it. In terms of the law, there's no presumption at all that the civil cases in any way affect the ability of the prosecutor to go forward with a criminal case. Mm -hmm. But in terms of public relations, in other words, political realities, would the wise prosecutor probably wait a little while to see what happens with the civil suits? Yeah, most would. Because if everything resolves, if, if the individuals involved essentially say, I mean, you know, look, I'm not trying to be uh, cute or politically incorrect. I- I'm trying to answer the the way that the law really constructs these questions. If if Mr. Watson had simply used his words mm-hmm. to to propitiate an exchange with these young ladies, there'd be no problem. There, there's absolutely nothing illegal about that whatsoever. Now. It might be a question of ethics or a question of morality, but it's not illegal to say to you, a young lady, would you like to go for, go further? Yes. Intimate. There you go. Yeah. And 
if he had simply done that, there'd be nothing to talk about. But the allegations have to do with, again, what I would describe as outrageous or objectively untoward physical contact. Mm -hmm. That's where he might get into trouble. So when you add all of that together, if the young ladies say, look, we've made our point. You, you can't, you cannot approach this subject that way. And yes, I am willing to resolve the claim in exchange for a payment of, of a certain sum. Mm -hmm. Then the reality is that the political pressure to pursue it criminally is significantly dissipated. Yeah. And I would think that the average prosecutor probably would not go forward. And do you think that that civil, but, civil part will? I agree with you. Given the totality of circumstances, even if he were to resolve all 22 cases tomorrow, I would presume that the NFL is going to feel political pressure itself mm -hmm. to make some sort of a statement about, look, you cannot do precisely what was alleged against Mr. Watson. And given the totality of circumstances, we're concerned that it may have, in fact, happened on at least one, if not a few cases. Or or do you put your you put the NFL in, in a really tough spot and we need to you right. know, make a statement. So I, 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 I think you're I think he's looking at like half a season. In, in that best case scenario I, that you painted. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I mean, I agree. They're, they're almost going to have to do something. So, well, you know, to put, I mean, like, I know it's a family show, but to put it colloquially, hold on, Tony, when you're, when... <laughs> you use, yeah. other, use code words. <laughs> All right. Um, let me think. Uh, when you are Deshaun Watson, you really don't have to let the dragon loose. It's probably <laughs> smarter to just use your words. Yeah. I, I think that <laughs> that's probably good advice. If only you were his attorney at the time, Tony, you could have given, you could have given him this, this advice would have solved all of his problems. Uh, but I appreciate you uh, coming on Tony. And if you don't mind, I'm sure we'll be, um, reaching back out to you. Uh, I wouldn't mind having you on, on a, a semi-regular basis. I know you probably can't do it every Tuesday, but uh, I think it'd be awesome to have you on to talk about any other legal issues that are going on around the league whenever they pop up. So um, I'll reach out to you. you. Um, but Hey, but you, you know, you know, I love you and I love fantasy football and I love being a lawyer so that, you know, they all sort of come together. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Okay, Tony. appreciate you, man. All right, buddy. Be good. Bye. That's Tony, the attorney. Um, interesting. Like, I, you know, and I had not talked to him prior, so that was all genuine reaction. That was not anything that I had planned in terms of, like, you know, having him say a certain thing or, you know, ask him a question to, I don't want to lead, I want to lead you guys to the truth and, you know, or lead you to the best reporting uh, um, and, and best information I can give to you so you can make decisions because, let's be honest, this is a fantasy football show. You know, we're talking about a serious issue that affects lives, but we still are a fantasy football show. Let the dragon loose. I I may <laughs> that may that may become a show a show slogan somehow. I I'm afraid. <laughs> Let the dragon loose. Um. <laughs> Oh, Tony. Uh, I, I might have to make a shirt that says, let the dragon loose, quotes Tony. <laughs> Tony the attorney. Um, 
you know, I feel like that's that's definitely one of the new show slogans. Somehow, some way, it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna get out of control. <laughs> the dragon loose. <laughs> um, but my job is to provide you with the best information I can on this topic. I'm sorry, I'm laughing on a very serious topic, but Tony, Tony's funny. Um, but it, it, I mean, that was honest, man. I did not expect him to go in the direction he went. The direction he went was that this attorney for Deshaun Watson made the right move to kind of dilute the uh, opinion that Deshaun Watson's claiming that every one of these cases, they're all lying. He wasn't even there. <laughs> you know, that's not going to, no one's going to believe any of that. But if Watson says, hey, this happened, this happened, this happened, but it happened a certain way. Uh, yeah, I'll put it on a hat. Let the dragon loose. Um let the dragon loose. Use your words. Use your words. Let the dragon loose, Webb. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's very interesting. He he put it. So, Tony, again, not trying to, uh, he, he was very honest about it, not trying to say that he had it wrong, but his attorney made one calculated move that brought it from 2% likely that Deshaun Watson plays some amount of games in 2021 to 33%. That's a crazy change in one week. Um, so Tony the Tiger, you hear, you hear it, you hear it now from Tony. Letting the dragon loose on the show says that Watson has now a thirty-three percent chance of playing games, but he did say that he thinks agrees with me that it, probably no matter what, I think I could paraphrase what he said because he said he agreed with me. And I'm saying that, that probably no matter what, he's missing like half of a year. If if all these cases get um, um, settled, like if he settles with all 22 cases, there's a likelihood that he plays, I think, half of a year. If Deshaun Watson doesn't settle, and you, you got to assume 22 people all wanting to settle, that's a, that's a, I should have asked him that. I should have asked him that. Like, what are the odds that all 22 people don't, they wanted to just let it go away in him to get away with what they believe he did if they are telling the truth. And we don't know that they are telling the truth. We don't know that Deshaun's guilty. We don't know that Deshaun's innocent. We don't know. I, I think an educated guess is that somewhere in between in some of these situations happened. And there was some pressure thing. Like, we don't know. We don't know. It's a lot of speculation. And it's not fair to either the victims or to Sean to assume too much. But if we're guessing and using the odds, the odds of 22 people wanting to settle, all of them, are probably low, but possible. And if 22 people settle, like Tony said, and they settle quickly, then the criminal investigation most likely will will have a lot less likelihood of moving forward. And and that point, the NFL would then have to make a decision on perception. There's a 100% chance I have a groundhog living in my backyard. Well, because I do, says Hazel. Hazel, let the dragon loose in the backyard, and, and that groundhog will go away. <sighs> wow, that's interesting stuff. I'm... Alexa, show me the front door. We got someone at the front door. Who's at the front door? Okay. Alexa, show me the front door. Okay. Uh, she never showed. Oh. Who is this? 
Who's this guy? What's he doing? This guy is sus suspect. Sign up against the front door. What's he doing? What are you doing? What are you doing to cost today, Smitty, bro? Let's watch this guy. This is suspect. Does he know I'm live on a show? I think it was a Bible card. But he put the Bible card in front of the camera <laughs> so that I could read it. He thought he could get me to open the door. I'm live, bro. Deshaun's... Ugh, I can't read some of these comments. Intruder, let the dragon loose. <laughs> Intruder! Alexa, off. Uh, Intruder, let the dragon loose. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta open up my Alexa app and program. We gotta program the computer to say "Let the dragon loose." Let's do it. Sorry, I don't know that. Computer, let the dragon loose. To control a video device with your voice. No video. Computer, no. Computer, stop. Okay, let's let's change this. Uh, skill here this routine um, we're going to change this to Alexa let the dragon loose okay Alexa stop and then the action will be Alexa says Smitty, let the dragon loose. And we'll go ahead and hit save. Okay, ready? Here we go. Let's try it. Computer, let the dragon loose. Alexa, let the dragon loose. Here you go. Alexa, let the dragon loose. <laughs> She's saying it on the wrong the wrong device. Hold on. Let the dragon loose. Oh, here we go. So I need it to be my there we go. Ready? Here we go. Computer, let the dragon loose. Sorry, I don't know that. <sighs> She's useless. Computer, let the dragon loose. Damn it. Smitty, let the dragon loose. There we go. She's there. Okay. <laughs> What's up, Manny? <sighs> yeah, that 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 uh that guy was weird. He like had his. It said Bible. It said something Bible, and he was like messing around with the 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 camera 
and like putting papers in it, putting papers up against it, turning them around, making me read it, making me read it while I'm on my live show. Like I want to go to that place. He's so forward and pushy. The dude's pushy, man. Uh, where do we have eight minutes, nine minutes left. Thanks to Tony for, for joining. That was a fantastic amount of information. For those that missed it, Deshaun Watson, he moved him from a 2% likelihood of playing 2021 games to a 33% likelihood because not of the consolidation. He said the consolidation itself does not help the case necessarily, but he said that he thinks that uh, what the attorney did in making everyone known that he was there at the scene of the crime and did partake in activities, but not the way that it was described in the cases. So Tony thinks that that was a good defense and we will see. Um, but I still put him at a, a very, very high likelihood, like almost a lock to miss like half of a year or something significant like that. Um, if all these cases settle, like Tony, the tiger said, Tony, the attorney, um, there could be a lot less, less likelihood that a criminal proceeding occurs or, or an advancement of this investigation. The investigation would most likely be closed. I, I would say if the, all the cases did, um, settle, but I, I should have asked Tony, this is the question I should have asked him. Um, I can email him real quick and say, uh, Tony, I forgot to ask what are what is the likelihood that 22 people settle individually though what if one doesn't want to change your opinion all right let's see what tony says about that he might respond in enough time before we get off the show. Tony, if you're watching, I emailed you that question. Email me back if you would. Would not mind. Um, oh, God. Where's my camera? I need to stand up. Whoa. 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 What's next? What is next, good people? Um, anybody got any Final Fantasy questions before I bounce out of here? Today is April 13th, Tuesday. Um, I don't know what show this is. Is this number one, two, three, four, five? Show number five? So we're only five shows into the Fantasy Football Show Live. Um, just a reminder, guys. HeySmitty.com is where you can order... My text service, and we can text on demand. Um, you know, it's just a monthly service, and you 20 bucks, 20 bucks, and you have instant access to me via text. I get back to you speedy quick, and we can talk fantasy football. And you got a, you got a dilemma on your hands, just let me know in the text. Say, hey, Smitty, call me, and I will call you up, and we can talk about your dilemma as well. Um, Raj is live on Instagram. Okay, let's see if I can patch in. Let's see if I can patch into Dr. Raj while he's live on IG.
I see his video paused. Maybe he's off. Uh, did Kyler improve on draft stock with James Conner on the team? Uh, no, I don't know. I guess a little bit, bro. I I don't feel. I feel like that's you know a a decent acquisition, but I feel like they could still go to the draft for another running back. Ultimately, you want to have a good running back, so sure. It kind of. I don't think it improves anything. It just secures them into like being in a bad situation if like Chase Evans went down because I don't believe Chase Evans would stay healthy all year. Um, Travis Kelsey, a first round pick in 16 man, 5.5 PPR draft. Um, if there's no like tight end scoring or anything specific to tight ends, I would say he's safer as like your first, your second drafted player, but at the top of the second round is okay. Like, I'm totally fine with, uh, uh, you know, being, um, early, early on. I got, I got a few other people I could join live with. Uh, let me see if Raj is still on. We're talking Niners talk all the time, though, you know, so I don't know if you guys want to talk about quarterbacks for the Niners. Um, did Kyler, okay, uh, how many leagues do you play in? I play in 20, I played in 22 leagues, I think, last year. I'm not exactly positive that it was 22, it could have been 23. Um, I think I counted correctly once, and then I just, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's pretty bad. Um, I hope to cut those back. Some of them are dynasty, though, so it, you can't really get rid of some of those. Um, uh, why even buy an Alexa if she can't let the dragon loose? Let's see if she can let the dragon loose again. Alexa, let the dragon loose. Smitty, let the dragon loose. She's trained very well. Smitty, or Smitty. <laughs> Smitty. I'm so tired. <laughs> Smitty, let the dragon loose. <laughs> Alexa, let the dragon loose. Here's what I found. See, still doesn't do it. Still doesn't do it. Here's Dr. Raj. Let's see if he... Hey, Dr. Raj. What's up? I just let... barely got home, man. Let the dragon loose. What? Let the dragon loose. What's that? <laughs> that's that's what Tony Tony the attorney uh I told him to be careful with his words when yeah. he came on the show and uh and so he was saying what Deshaun Watson instead of getting descriptive he's like Deshaun Watson should have used his words he shouldn't have let the dragon loose oh, so like that. so yeah that, everyone's been having a good time with that in the chat right now but let he basically said uh hey you get a haircut maybe Rumors, yeah, I did. Um, you might be getting another one real soon. I know, preparing <laughs> to in a couple of weeks where I don't have to cut as much hair. You're just gonna shit my head. It's gonna be traumatic if I don't have it shorter. You know? <laughs> um, so, so you'd be got Mac Jones, man. You'd be shocked at what. Real quickly, we'll go back to that. But real quickly, Deshaun Watson to wrap it up. What he said was that um, he thinks there's a 33 percent chance that he could play some amount of games in week in in 2021. <laughs> Because he said what the attorney did coming out, saying that he was there, these actions did take place, but they were consensual. That takes away a lot of the, you know, it makes it a little more believable than saying, I wasn't there. You know, I Yeah, didn't. no, I, you know, that's a good point. Because when they came out with those reports that uh, he said it was consensual, I, I thought that was actually good for Deshaun. Because yeah. 
now he's going to be like, well, well, it wasn't just me that went over there and called him. It was these ladies. They wanted, they did it too. Like when you get the word consensual, that changes a lot legally from what I understand. Yeah. Because if you don't get that consensual work, it's, they're going to make it look like you were forcing their hand and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I think that definitely was a big step for him. But again, it's going to be a weird situation yeah. out to play out. Yeah, he did say that. Like, so I asked him a couple questions. I still, I feel like a little, I'm a little less optimistic that he plays at all in 2021, only because all 22 cases would have to settle. They're all still individual. They've been consolidated, but he said consolidated doesn't mean class action. Consolidated means that they can try and fast track some of the processes involved. It's not about like, they're still individual cases. So all 22 would have to settle for the criminal. He said, if all 22 settle, there's less likely uh, a chance that they would pursue any criminal charges because the civil claims then go away because they're settling. Um, But then the NFL even though the, Tony said that he most certainly would would think that every single claim would have verbiage saying that Deshaun Watson did nothing wrong mm-hmm. in the claim, the NFL is still likely to be like, no, bro, you know, 22 cases, you settled, um, you know, this is a bad situation for us, you're going to be suspended, and we're not going to put up with that. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't put yourself in that position, position. That's what the NFL probably will say, in my opinion. So I think if everything works out, he settles everything, Every case is settled. He still misses like six to eight games, something like that. But at least, probably half a season. But we'll see. We'll yeah, see. that makes sense. I, I, there's going to be some like there's so much that goes into it behind the scenes, legally red tape. It's just like you don't know how it's going to play out. That's why going tying this into the Niners with the, you know, a couple of weeks ago there was rumors the Niners were going to get Watson and stuff. I'm kind of glad that they're not into it because you don't know how it's going to play out. Maybe he will play the whole season. Maybe he won't. You don't. The Niners don't need this kind of drama when they have a team that could make it to the playoffs, Super Bowl, whatever. You know, they have Super Bowl aspirations like any team, but they have realistic ones. You don't want to get a quarterback that can ultimately not play, and then you're kind of screwed because then you won't even have a backup because they didn't have, you know, their, their whole offseason was, let's fix the quarterback room. Let's say you get Watson. He doesn't play. You get rid of Jimmy. Now you're really screwed. Are you going to start Josh Rosen, Sudfeld? So I like the route they're going with the rookie. Tomorrow, Justin Fields Pro Day. Uh, we kind of talked a little Let's bit before. Let's go. Um, I got out of work, and, and but, you know, I was chopping off on the live because I was in the car. But I'm excited about this Pro Day tomorrow, man. I don't think it's going to be televised. It's a private kind of thing. They're not going to really much. So I, I don't think it's going to be live or anything. I think it's a private thing. Man. But, hey, we'll see. Maybe they'll release video. Maybe NFL Network will have some exclusive video for us tomorrow. I'm sure they will. But it's kind of interesting because it's going to – be for only three teams, the Niners, the Patriots, and the Falcons. Um, they're going to run concepts for the 49ers, like playbook. So maybe they don't want to leak that kind of stuff out. I'm sure if the other teams are there, they're going to ask them to run plays. On it's the blue 32, Kittle over the middle. I mean, how That's a tough. How play, secretive though. is it? No, it, I'm just saying there's going to be like little concepts here and there. I hey. hope they do show a little bit, but I mean, you can't guarantee it. Yeah, why are other teams not going to that? Like, there's still other teams that would be interested in drafting. I'm sure there's other teams, but it this tells me a couple of things. That the Niners are definitely interested. That's one of their guys they're looking at. Uh, it tells me the Patriots have some interest. And also, maybe they want to talk trade with the Niners. And the Falcons, maybe they want to talk trade with the Niners because they do have the ability to um, trade up. You know, they got, they've been talking that they want to trade their pick. They got the number four pick. Maybe and if you and it, and it, 
if you like Mac Jones, man, that would be the move to make. I mean, if you're an organization and you like, I know you yeah. don't like Mac Jones, but if you're an organization, no, that's that, the thing. Like maybe that's his thought, or maybe. Hear me out. I'm gonna throw this out there. I'm gonna throw this out there. Julio Jones. Maybe they look for Julio. Maybe they're trying to move Julio Jones. He's getting a little older. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. I mean, if you could come out of that with Julio and Mac Jones, you'd probably be happy with that. But if we get Mac Jones and Julio, I'm happy. Yeah, you I'll be a lot happier <laughs> if we just get Mac Jones. I've still got to shave my head if we get Mac Jones, but I'll be happy shave my head with Julio Jones. Yep. Well, we're we're uh, yeah. It'll be it'll be crazy. And, can, and hey, can you imagine a three team? Let's try a three team deal. Like, what if they do a blockbuster bonanza? The Niners trade back from three to four, okay? Um, and then the Patriots, they trade. They go up from where they at fifteen. Let's say the Patriots go up from fifteen to three. The Niners go back to from three to four, and then the Falcons go back to fifteen, right? But the Falcons acquire. I don't know. Let's say they get somebody big from one of these teams. Maybe they get Gilmore. Maybe they get a player from the Niners, and they get um, you know the fifteenth, the number fifteen pick. Niners get four. They take Mac Jones, and then the Patriots go and they take Justin Fields. That that would be blockbuster. I'm just who, who are the Falcons wanting at two? Do you think? A two? No, you mean three? Or I'm sorry, three. If they trade up, I could see them taking. They're already going to get. Who? They're not going to get a quarterback. I don't think they're going to get a quarterback. Well, they're already going to get. They're already going to get him though. So what? What do you think? It have to be somebody different if they're going to trade up. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe they would get a quarterback. Because you got to think that, especially if they if they were to take Kyle Pitts, then the Niners would be getting Field still, and you know, like it'd have to be something kind of crazy. Uh, they'd have to be wanting a quarterback, or I, I don't see there's any reason or point to moving down. Um, what? What would? Uh, Okay, so here's the thing. Everybody says that Ohio State quarterbacks don't ever amount to anything, and you and I both have kind of shot that down in our our opinion. It's you know, like well, Alabama quarterbacks. You say same thing for them, right? And like I said, and like we've talked about, you know, Kurt Warner came from a grocery store. Like you know, really, you're gonna you're gonna bring up a school? But the one argument for Ohio State quarterbacks is that they they throw a certain you know, they throw a certain playbook, you know, they don't, they don't, they, they don't go through like the whole route tree and they don't have the same type of uh, experience with all of the, you know, play calls that you might get at the NFL level. So sure. do you have, if, if there was going to be a time where fields could potentially fail in a pro day or a situation, maybe it is in scenarios he hasn't seen as much. And so that's why I'm wondering like, man, if Lance comes out of this thing looking better, it, you're going to have a rough, two weeks on your hands where you're just getting, you're going to get bombarded, bro. With like, is a Lance, is it fields? It's Lance, it's fields. Like it's fun. Part of me loves it. I love all the back and forth. It's fun to me, but man, it's going to get, if you think it's crazy now, it's going to be Mac fields, Lance right now it's Mac or fields and then some Lance, but <laughs> it's going to yeah, get out I of think right now. It, it, it looks like it's Mac fields kind of 60, 40 kind of thing, 50, 50 or whatever. But I feel like, Lance's stock can still go up, and, and people can his hype might go higher, like we talked about earlier, if he does have a pro day. But I don't think that's going to sway Shanahan. If he knows who he wants, it's not going to change his mind. But I definitely think at this point, because you know they've had the three weeks, four weeks, whatever, to prepare for this pick, they got to do their due diligence. They got to look at all the people and make sure they get it right. You know, and again, what I talked about earlier is the biggest thing I think they want to get out of these pro days is talking to these players and getting a good. Um, foundation of what the person is about you know 
mentally, see what's between the ears. They want to get a they, these these talks that they have these with these players is the biggest thing. So, for example, when you have like you know a dinner or a you know a, an hour talk with a, a prospect or whatnot, I feel like that is where they're really trying to focus in on with these uh, pro days and, and all the you know, especially this year with no combine. It's not like they're going to sit there and focus on, on looking what they can do on the pro day. A lot of it's scripted. And again, they're looking at their film. They're going to look at film. They're going to break down their, their tape. That's more important than a pro day because, yeah, you're going to put on a show most likely. You're going to razzle-dazzle the crowd. But you're looking at more mentally. What does the person offer you after the pro day? And you speak with them. What do they have to say? What are you? Yeah. How did they handle themselves? But I, I do feel that this pro day tomorrow for Fields it's kind of a pressure cooker situation. You got two weeks till the draft, right? Two weeks to go. Um, all eyes are on you, pretty much. Uh, your stock is pretty much at a pretty high point. It can go higher, maybe it can go lower. And there's only a few teams looking at you, so you're basically interviewing for this job and saying, "Hey, look, this is why you need to draft me with the number three pick." Yeah, I can't wait, man. I, I, I I'm excited. I wish there were open door pro days. I, I didn't I realize wish. they weren't. They were going to be closed I doors. Wish. All right, Dr. Raj, we're actually over time here. I don't know yeah. if you're going to be on IG later, but we, we can chop it up on there. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to close out the show. But everybody go follow my boy, Dr. Raj, RSF49ers on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Um, 129,000 people can't be wrong. Probably right. Probably right. <laughs> and if Dr. Dr. Raj is shaving his head if the Niners take Mac Jones. All right, man. I'll, I'll see you on okay. IG soon, right, maybe. Later. Later. That's Dr. Raj. All right. I'm out of here. Where's our outro music? Where's my outro music? I appreciate every single one of you. We went over nine minutes. Damn it. Thank you to Tony the Tiger. Thank you to Grant, my intern. We may not know where he's actually at at all times because of his fake background and Photoshop skills, but we do appreciate him stopping by. I appreciate Dr. Raj coming by. I appreciate all of you, and I appreciate you joining me on this journey of of making the Fantasy Football Show live a daily staple for you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We are live every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you have only one place to be. And if you missed the show, watch the replay. Listen to the replay while you work out, while you run, while you eat, while you do whatever, while you work at night, while you feed the baby. You listen, rewatch, replay. And make sure you get on over to heysmitty.com and get my tech service so you can ask me fantasy questions on demand. And it's fast, it's speedy. I'll even call you up if it's a real big dilemma. Heysmitty.com get some and you can always find the show at the fantasyfootballshow.com or at smitty1.com i will see you all later i appreciate you peace out